just before we get started with this week's review, a couple of audio gremlins this week. You know, here at the BFE, we really pride ourselves on our audio quality. There's some beeping that's getting in here, I think, from an errant smoke alarm. Um, we tried to play with the mute button as it was going on live in real time. The act of actually um, taking out every one of these beeps. Uh, a, it would have been largely fruitless because people are largely talking at moments of it, and uh, it would have delayed the release of the podcast. So we're going to leave them in. Um, I guess what I'm asking for is just a little bit of grace and forgiveness. It's not chronic, I don't think, but uh, that's... Um, you, 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 you'll, you'll, you'll hear it. And like I said, I don't think it diminishes the quality of the conversation or anything like that. We also had some issues with our internet connection with, 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 with our guest James. Again, we've largely just left that stuff in. Uh, I hope that's understandable. Again, we have a very quick turnaround here at the BFE. Hope that you can put up with it. And uh, besides that, uh, we're going to take you back to the land of Mordor and more from the New Zealand Tourism Board. But in order to get there, I'll catch you on the flippity flop. Master's my friend. You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. Not listening. Not listening. You're a lied about being a thief. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever, my name's Ian. I'm Liam. And I'm James. Wow, we got some lag today. (laughs) And we got James. We got James with us today. Um, We're short a couple of people today. We're short three people in a sense today. Yeah. Because we're short Georgia. She had a uni thing. Yep. We're short Ethan. Yep. Who also has a uni thing. Oh, I didn't know what his was. Oh, it's a uni thing. Oh, okay. Remember what he said? You're going to hear so much more of me this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> remember that? Ethan, remember? <laughs> he, he does listen to these, so I'm saying this with a full awareness. He's going to hear what I'm saying. He's holding his head in his hands going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Felt forward 30 seconds, forward 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and then our case of emergency break glass person, Megs. Yeah. She's going to play, so they're in Sunday rehearsals now. Oh, it's, yes, It's yes. what it is. So that she'll is, be, Vicar of Dibley. They're doing Vicar of Dibley. I don't really know the source material. I saw a couple episodes once. It was a classic British sitcom yeah. thing that, you know. Based uh, around church life. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. A, a female priest. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So, and she's not the vicar. She's just one of the other characters, but a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a fairly comedic character from what I understand. She's she's actually one of my favorite characters in it. Is she? <laughs> she there is, yeah. So, we reached out to one of our favorite peeps, a BFF of the BFE, James DeGuzman, and said, hey, well, actually, we already had James lined up to do this. I don't want to misrepresent this. Because we found out through one of our conversations, James, a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Oh, wow. And I looked at my schedule and went, I know we've got Lord of the Rings coming up this summer because we said we're going to do one a year. We are? I'll tell you what, I'm stopping at that. I'm not doing The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am, I am not doing The Hobbit. I'll be honest. I, I started watching it. I fell asleep. I woke up. 
I fell asleep. I woke up. Is this the work, Hobbit or is this? <laughs> come back. And I was still playing. Is this the Hobbit? <laughs> yeah. Or is Lord of the Rings? Both. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's a long one. It's, it's a long, long one. We're endeavoring not to be a long one this week. Um, last <laughs> week. Imagine, though, if you ever tried to do the extended editions of all three. Well, I th- when, when I asked you imagine when I asked James when I asked James to come on he said what version do you want me to watch and I said well we're doing theatrical yeah <laughs> <laughs> I said you can do whatever you want but we're doing theatrical <laughs> because the, that was the mistake we made uh, b- before we had a podcast oh, yeah, when was. we watched Apocalypse Down we watched the extended Apocalypse version now, yeah. with like 48 extra minutes oh my gosh and it felt like 48 extra minutes didn't it so yeah I don't tend to do those I was, talking like to, I was talking to a student who's really into his films and he went which version do you watch what's more than one version he went, yeah. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, did this happen? I went, yeah, yeah. He went, oh, yeah. That's the extended version. And I was like, okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. Even without the extra time, it's like two hours and 40 minutes. I'm not sure it would have flown by. No. <laughs> but uh, what did you end up watching for this one, James? Did you watch the theatrical or did you watch the extended? I planned on watching the extended, but I didn't have time this week. So I ended up watching the theatrical. Good man. Nothing, yeah, nothing we, missing we there. <laughs> I would have felt bad going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right Over to you. that happened didn't it? okay i uh, tell you what wasn't a short one but it was a good one and that was last week we did the boondock saints with bff the bfe juline yeah yeah i've come to a conclusion on that film yeah go on i think if you give me that same film but you give me a non-first-time director yep i think it's probably a much stronger film yeah i do too yeah uh, it I had think, all the ingredients. It had the foundation. Uh, the, the premise is fine. Yeah, 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 the story is fine. He wrote. He wrote, wrote a fine story. Yep. I might have polished up a screenplay with someone else, and I might have definitely had someone else direct it. Yep. Uh, but overall, as a story, I think it's okay. I do I think, think it's okay. He was lucky getting the people he got. Yeah, the people he got, and he pretty much got Blockbuster to say, "Yeah, you, yeah, you can direct it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. <laughs> wow. Sure. Um, so there we go. So uh, you know, but it helps if you can get quality people. Yeah. And we've got quality people with our Patreon. Yeah, Let's give them a do. shout out. We've got Julene. Woo. Hermes. Oh, yeah. We've got, well, we'll come back to him later. We've got Lena Oberholzer. Woo. Anthony and Davies. Yeah. Chris Peterson. All right. Randall Silva. Come on. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeetmeister. I hear you. Reverend Bruce. Yeah. Nate the Great. All right. Andy Dixon. Yeah. Holly Callen. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Richard. Woo. The cool cat himself. Ryan Kukets. And Canadian Chris Dykstra. Oh, Canada. <laughs> and we're joined by Canadian Chris, uh, James DeGuzman, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got that alliteration. It's just how, but not James DeGuzman, Toronto's own. Woo. Coming to talk a little. We got two one numbered. Very rare the Canadians are in the majority on this podcast, I gotta say. Yeah. It's a very rare thing, but don't be a hoser, eh? Here we go. <laughs> um yeah, so here we are, ready to do a little Lord of the Rings. Uh, if you're interested in how you can be involved in the Patreon, uh, if you want to know how you help support the podcast on that level, we do have a Patreon, as I said. Uh, you can reach that at patreon.com slash BFE. That's BFE. We kept it simple for you. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some reflections. And corrections. There's a mistake I think I made. This one goes to me. Oh. <laughs> I do this all the time. Go on. I cannot tell the difference between Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. <laughs> I will always call Bill Paxton oh, Bill Pullman. No yeah. Oh, I always, I can see the no faces. 
Like, when you say Pullman, I go, oh, right, Independence Day, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Apollo 13, Bill Paxton. But if you show me Bill Paxton's oh. face, I will call him Bill Pullman. Oh, I see, because I still think of Weird Science with Bill Paxton. I don't think I've ever seen Weird Science. Oh. But I was referring to Frailty, which Bill Paxton is in, Ooh. and referred to it as Bill Pullman. Uh, you did. I did. I remember that. I did. Yeah. Not correct. So, it, apparently, so the Hermes just said, I will never stop making this mistake, probably. He went, I do think it's the second time I've called you up on it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> and I'm he'll just, still keep calling you up I'm on it. I'm clearly not learning. If he's in the show notes, if he's in the, if he's in the cast of the film, I'll probably get that right. But yeah. if I'm referring to him off, you know, just it, during some other film, yep, yep. I will make that mistake again. Yeah, of course. There's a mistake. I think this one's up for grabs. Ooh. I might let James decide if this is actually a mistake. Okay. What is a mistake, not a mistake? This one comes to us from Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Who says, I smiled so much listening to Ian gradually increasing his emphasis on Willem Dafoe. (laughs) Each time he he was mentioned, but Liam and Julene continued to call him William Dafoe throughout. (laughs) Very funny. And so I took a look at this link. I think Dwayne sent me a link about uh, Willem Dafoe saying my name is Willem Dafoe to play for a thing. Yeah. Now, it turns out Willem Dafoe's birth name is William Dafoe. Oh, there we are. But he goes by, he's chosen to go professionally by Willem. Hmm. So my question is, James de Guzman, is Liam guilty of a mistake for calling him William Dafoe all last week? (laughs) I don't think so. Is that like a... Oh, wow. Tell me you're Canadian without telling me you're Canadian. Oh, he's all right. Oh, he's fine. Boom. Brutal. (laughs) William Defoe. So it it was interesting to hear him say that, to go, you know, once he started going into acting, he thought it would be silly to go back now. But yeah, I never would have thought for a moment his actual birth name was William Defoe. I should have done what Hermes told me to, listen to the first two seconds and stop. (laughs) <laughs> when he goes, hi, I'm Willem Dafoe. But I had to keep going. <laughs> of course. So then once I kept going, I'm like, I can't not include this information. Oh, there we are. So there we go. Uh, good on you. Maybe we'll just say it wasn't a mistake for you, but it was a mistake for Julian, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> uh, no, I enjoyed having uh, Julian on the show. Absolutely, uh, even if it's who you did not pick up. I said to him, I'm glad someone picked up on that because I was really hitting that Willem hard. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I've like uh, grabbed the audio of all those William Defoe's for the end of year. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I think I've got like you going William Defoe, George one. Uh, so you going William Defoe, George one. William Defoe, Julian going William William Defoe, me going William Defoe. So oh, we'll put them all. Georgia say it like you say it. She said it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hang on. He was right. His, oh. birth, his birth certificate his birth certificate yeah. yeah he calls himself i have to kind of go with that here's what i call myself yeah well i could call myself well, hang on mongoose do, binhead can i do you call her marilyn monroe marilyn monroe yes you don't call her norma, norma jean. jean yeah yeah I, I have done in the past but we would say marilyn rose in this film well yeah because there we go we call her Cher, right <laughs> her name is Cher. Yeah, okay. We call him Bob Dylan, right? Let's go ahead and do some shout outs. I wanted her to shy Burger Freund. I said to her, she was so happy we were watching um, last week's movie, Boondock Saints, for yep. the first time. I hope she still appreciated us after the review was over. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I don't think I was Savage Savage. 
No, I enjoy the movie. Ethan was savage. Yeah, he was. Ooh, I didn't see that coming. Richard was was savage. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't. Georgia think... was very kind. Georgia was better than I thought she was going to be. Yeah, yeah. As far as ratings goes, I've just realized I'm looking to make sure that she's going to send me the uh, the information for uh, this week's six chair and stuff like that. So uh, I will bring up the random word. We didn't have a whole lot of it. I think maybe because of the, what the random word was. Yeah, I think people were a little bit afraid to actually dip their toe in the water uh-huh. on this one. <laughs> the random word was rosary. Rosary. So uh, we had a few entries. Um, I'm, I'm trying to multitask. It's so not working. Yeah, you are. Um, we've got um, Josh, your next favorite movie. It's a Family Guy episode. Okay. And you open the door, and it's this priest and this altar boy, like, ready to be locked in this loving embrace. Oh. And it says, don't you know what a rosary on the doorknob means? <laughs> 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 uh Anthony and davies uh did one about um uh i think the, per- the guy clearly has a set of anal beads in his hands no. and uh he's gone what is this a rosary for giants <laughs> uh hermes did something with meryl streep i think it might be from the film guilt i didn't get the reference i'm terribly sorry this one's not rigged i wish it was i don't know enough about it to rig it unfortunately and then finally, Julene did something with Luke Cage pipe bending. I think that's all I've got. I guess all I've got for the four. Oh, okay. So I think it's one of Josh. Yeah. As, as edgy as it is. <laughs> hey, edgy sometimes wins. <laughs> it does sometimes win. So there we go. Uh, we are not responsible for the uh, conduct uh, family guy. Nope. No. So there we go. Uh, there. Why not give us a review? Apple or Spotify. I hear five stars is a nice number. Five is the magic number. All right, Ken. I've got my notes. Can we talk about this for two minutes? I don't really have anything, to be honest with you. It's just that time of year, isn't it? Yeah. We, well, we forgot to talk about the King's coronation last time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so maybe, the, maybe it's time to, to so bring that up. So the king got coronated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't such a big thing. Re- I haven't really noticed much. Well, it wasn't. Well, I noticed something today driving down here. I noticed eight or nine British flags. Eight or nine British flags, what, like up in people's places? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's between... And I hadn't seen that for a long while. Maybe between this and the women winning um, the World Cup of football or European yeah. Championship of football and some other small things, maybe we can, like, take the flag back a little bit. Because for yeah. some reason, the alt-right took it and we were all too ready to go, yeah, yeah, you guys have it. It's a part where, like, I used to do these uh, lip sync videos at my school every year. And every year I used to sort of, after some time, it would always feature some sort of fake rock concert in it. And we'd always get covered by, by like, the local news. And they would push it out and they'd yep. host us on their website, da 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 da. And it's, I got this Noel Gallagher Epiphone Supernova guitar, which looks like a Union Jack. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And never had any problems. In the last couple of years, I got some pushback. And I think it's because of, of the guitar. Oh, okay. I think they thought, ooh, we can't be showing this. You, you, you're representing a pro-Brexit mind. No, I'm, I'm, I'm representing a pro-Oasis mindset. That's all yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the coolest looking guitar. The first time I ever saw it, I got it. And then I get it, and it's like the symbol of, someone's reappropriated this to be like a symbol of hate. Yeah, it's and I'm nuts. Like, nope, I'd rather Red not. It was a big thing. It was a big thing. My question for James is, James, was the um, was there any sort of, uh, what was the reaction to the coronation in Canada? What was that perspective? Did it get covered live? Were people talking about it? What was going on there? I think more, it was just, like, it was on TV. It was on all, like, the major stations. It was on live, the, all the coronation for the whole day. 
but for me and like people I know, it's like it was just like another thing that happened in a different country. Nothing really of like huge note. Yeah, younger generation yeah. Uh, doesn't tend to buy it as much. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm generation behind me, generation behind you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Getting up there. But to be honest with you, I'm a royalist, you know I am. And even for me, that was, I watched a couple of hours of it, but I was done. You know, he's coronated, it's fair enough, you know, he's king, that's okay, that's and cool. A lot, of the, a lot of the stuff I saw online, at least, was like, this memes making him, like, he looks like a, a Snoke from from Star Wars. Other than that, like nothing of like too, too crazy. Yeah. I've seen lots of cool memes. I've seen him like walking down with his, uh, like all his regalia on. And they're giving him like a wrestler's theme music. It's like, doom, bow down to the king. The king of kings. On your knees, dog. Photo. That's funny. It's just Charles walking down. Like, like I'm kind of like, like, a bit of a, like a bit of an old fella. Do you know, know what I mean? Reckon, I reckon he'd find that quite funny. Uh, open uh, BFE uh, fifth chair, please. I'm trying to get this thing from Georgia here. You, there we are. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Trying to multitask for you as well. Yeah, I got the strat a bit here. Dude, I don't know how you do it half the time. I see you moving the switches and yeah. talking and reading and incredible. So why are we doing this? Well, we made a promise. We do one every year for three years because it's on the poster. So we got to get rid of it at some point. So, um, and it's just one that we should do. I think if you're a film podcast, you can't ignore the Lord of the Rings. No, but am I right in thinking that now redoing Lord of the Rings? They're doing something on Amazon, which is set in the same universe. Right. I don't think that, I mean, the amount of money it would take to even try and redo Lord of the Rings would be significant. Yeah. Right. And so the question then becomes, um, with the Lord of the Rings money, if you can't do that, then what do you do? Okay, so maybe we can use the universe they've created and zoom outward and create more stories in that, in that in that universe in that in, in that place yeah yeah yeah. and then so so that's come up on amazon prime it's kind of a big television series that sort of helps lead i i, I guess that that charge i don't know what the numbers are like i don't know if people have liked it or not james you're a big uh but by, by your own confession you're a big lord of the rings guy have you had a chance to check out the new series at all yeah Bad. Uh, well, I think I had to watch it later time because House of the Dragon uh, same time. So it just my brain was like, okay, I'm. I tried to watch both at the same time, and uh, House of the Dragon was a lot better. Rings of Power just it got in all honesty got a little bit boring to me. Okay, a lot like a lot was happening, but nothing was happening. Wow, felt like a long walk without anything occurring. <laughs> you're saying, all right, <laughs> I got you there. <laughs> um, so what do we have here? Uh, uh, so I went ahead, got Felix, who didn't call off this week. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. Oh, okay. And I asked him for the pitch, and he came to me with this. When Frodo and Sam edge closer to Mordor with the help of the shifty golem, the divided fellowship makes a stand against Sauron's new ally, Saruman, and his hordes of Isengard. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that, because, you know, kind of the impression in the first movie that he and Saruman were kind of buddies. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, but, directed by Peter Jackson, uh, he of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Hobbit trilogy, and King Kong. And anything else? <sighs> He's done some small stuff, but nothing of nothing of note. You not really. Coming off the back of those. King Kong. 
You'd think. But from, you're not going to believe this. King Kong, way too long. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to believe this. Uh, <laughs> and then I get how he turns Lord of the Rings into a giant trilogy. Because the book's like this. Yeah, yeah, I get For people that. who can't see me, which is all of you in the microphone, my hands are a considerable distance apart for a book. See, that would work now. If that hadn't been made, that'd be good now for a Netflix series sure. or amazon series but the hobbit how do you turn that into three feature-length films the book's like 175 pages they're trying to well they They do um the the similarian as part of it because all the stuff that's like not not about the hobbits and like the dwarves is all in the similarian so like that's what they use to extend the whole thing i remember going to like a school assembly in england the first time i was here okay and like we did like young 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 me Yeah, yeah 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 Uh, and like we did like the whole Hobbit. Someone came and did like a production of it for us, and it was like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do it by Peter Jackson's rules, I'd still be there. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go home. This is your home now. Um, So cinematography by Andrew Lesney, who's done Lord of the Rings, Babe 1, Babe 2, King Kong, and the Mm. Hobbit trilogy. So a lot of Peter Jackson, but Babe 1 and Babe 2, I really like the cinematography in this film. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was you fantastic. Can't, you can't follow that. Yeah. And then music by Howard Shore, Canada's own Howard Shore. Canada. Yeah. The list of film credits. This might be the most overlooked composer in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Big. Yep. Of course, Silence dude. of the Lambs. Oh. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Philadelphia. Oh. Ed Wood. Seven. Crash. That Thing You Do. Dogma. Lord of the Rings trilogy, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed, The Hobbit trilogy in Spotlight. Well, yeah. That's just to name a few. I thought it was just, wow. Yeah. The first 10, 15 years, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing special. And then I got to big, and I went, okay, fair enough. Problem is, when you got Alan Silverstreet and James Horner and... Um, Zemeckis. Williams. Oh, no, so sorry. Zemeckis is the director. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Williams, is it? John Williams. And it was the one... Oh, it was my buddy. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. You know, all these yeah, big hitters. Yeah. You're going to probably get lost, I think. But, yeah. I mean, wow. The Crazy. caliber of film he's done. So, uh, the first time I saw this... Uh, for me, it was the cinema. I can't... I'm not even entirely sure I can tell you who I was with. But I know I saw it. Yeah. I saw it in the cinema. Actually, I think I saw it with my buddy Ed. Hmm. I think I saw my buddy Ed. I think my sister was there. I think someone else was... I think Ed brought his kid. I think. Long movie, though. Yeah, I think that was my buddy Ed's comment. <laughs> Long movie. <laughs> yeah, the older you get, I'm feeling it more now. I was like, guy, come on, no, I'm feeling it more now. Uh, do you remember your first experience? Yeah, mine was in the cinema. Um, I remember being let down big time in the first one, but I thought, oh, maybe they were setting the foundations. You know, getting it going. Um, I thought it's going to be good. Yeah, no, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I missed bits. I thought the extended version was when I saw it again on DVD. <laughs> I had all these on DVD. I think I'm going to watch them once. Yeah. I just saw ones that you bought it just to say that you had it because your film collection used to be an indication of what kind of... When I go to someone's house, the first thing I do is I look at their movie collection because they'd always be displayed. And you'd go... I look at their music collection. What are you into? Mm-hmm. And you'd look around. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, music... I music, I was more used to the idea that music, like especially if it's a couple, the guy brings his music, the girl brings her music, and usually 40% of it's pretty trash. Yeah, yeah. It's usually hers. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, James, remember the first time you saw this? Yeah, I remember watching it with my family. Uh, I fell asleep watching the first one, so I was entirely confused in the beginning why that 
I thought the four hobbits were all the same two hobbits in the beginning of the movie until I caught on. <laughs> one more, I think we're going to give you one more time, buddy. You, you yeah, kind of went a bit garbly for us there. Like the... Sorry. Um, I, I watched it with my family. I remember going to the cinema. And then because I kind of fell asleep through the first movie, I was a little bit confused of, like about who, which hobbit was which in the beginning. I, I forgot there were four of them. Oh, so yeah, just pl- playing the part of George this week. We have we have James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't, can't tell them apart. I always remember being surprised that um, Sean Austin was in it. Aston, Aston, yeah. Austin. Stone Cold Sean Austin. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Frodo get the ring to Mordor, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sean Astin. <laughs> see, I know Sean Astin best from Encino Man. Oh, do you? I know him best from Rudy. I mean, he was Rudy and Rudy. You ever see Rudy? Rudy. Oh, we'll do Rudy one day. I'm, I'm, I'm here to play for the Irish. Oh, Okay. This young kid who all he ever wants to do is he wants to play for Notre Dame football. Yep. And his family is all they do is they watch it. So he goes to Notre Dame just so he can try for the football team. He's barely a student. And uh, finally, he gets to be a student. He, he's working his way through school. They let him like join the practice team just because he's got so much heart. But the thing is, this was last year. Will they let him take the field? Because you're not really a player unless you actually suit up and play for a game. Ooh. So it's that story, and he's he's like a hobbit. He's small. He's he's too he's too small to play football. Yeah. So we're like, there's no. We can't afford to give you a place out of charity. This is Notre Dame. Ooh. This isn't. This is like you know Manchester United Football Club, right? Yeah, this yeah, isn't. Yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not in the world of Ted Lasso. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Uh, what do we have? See, I know him from Goonies. That's the reason. Oh, Goonies, of course. One-Eyed Willie and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate Goonies. I love Goonies. <laughs> Story of our friendship right there. Isn't it? Uh, so we start with deep... Oh, let's do a context corner really quick. If you want to hear a lot of our context, go check out our episode on Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Because it was all one long shoot. I'm not going to go over, like, nah, everything again a second time. Yeah. Go check out Fellowship of the Ring. Um, back to back, didn't they? Yeah, they shot, yeah, all three. So my one comment note here is the two towers shared principal photography with fellowship of the ring and return of the king. The trilogy was filmed between the 11th of October, 1999 and December 22nd, 2000. Wow. So 14 months of nonstop shooting, but they got it. That's a hell of a gig in it. Yeah. So, I mean, just from just from an organizational perspective, yeah, I can do the creative side of it. Potentially, you think about doing that stuff. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, keeping people motivated and keeping the cameras going, know what scene you're doing. But just a matter of like, do we got catering for today? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, have we got everybody like this trip? We're going. To, we're going. We're going to this side today. Do we have it? So, uh, it turns to us that Felix has got himself a side gig. Oh, he is. He was very proud to tell me that he's done some shouts now. He's done some some side hustle as a voiceover guy for the New Zealand uh, Tourism Film Board. (laughs) So he's done some, sorry, it's right here, the New Zealand Tourism Board. There it is. So he's done some voiceovers. So he's got a few he wants to do throughout the uh, the series. Will we we hear them? We we, we will hear them, yes, yes, yes. Oh, cool, cool, So we start with um, New Line Cinema, which always makes me think of Austin Powers. Every single time I see New Line, I think of Austin Powers. Uh, the font for Lord of the Rings, it looks very Avatar, even though this came first. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, I'll just say this film's brought to you by the New Zealand Tourism Board. So this is the first of them. You yep. got this. Come to New Zealand. See the snow-capped mountains. Immerse yourself in their song as the mountains echo through the voices of history. 
Wow. Now, in actuality, what I think's happening that he doesn't understand is they're just playing like a flashback from, from the first movie. Yeah, but he gave a bit of depth there. He, he did give a bit of depth there, yeah. Because oh. in the opening scene, they're walking through Snowcat yeah, Mountains. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And mm-hmm. so, no, it's a flashback. And we get, you shall not pass. I love that. That's the opposite my- of the speeches I give my students. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. But that's such a great line in movie history, isn't it? Oh, it's one of the great ones, isn't it? Oh. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm saying there's two great, great things in, in film. Great, like, what ifs. Mm-hmm. There was definitely enough room for Jack to be on that plank of wood in Titanic. Yep. And there was definitely enough time to catch Gandalf before he fell off the edge of that ledge. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was definitely a ton of time there. There was. But we follow Gandalf he, as he falls. Like, do you guys... Sorry. Go ahead. Do you guys think he, like... Because he said, like, when he said go in the first movie, run away, like, he, he, he like, kind of push himself off or, like... I think he lets go. All on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's not, it's not run away. He's not Monty Python. <laughs> run away, run away, run away. It's, it's, he's, he's, fly, Ian, he's Ian McKellen. You've seen Ian McKellen, haven't you? I have. Yeah. He goes, fly, you fools. <laughs> uh, do you know what? That alliteration on the F, it's called a fricative. A fricative. 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 There's some English class with Mr. Ian today. <laughs> we should do that as a segment. Almost gave my surname there. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should do that as a segment. Yeah, people love getting them some 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 English language analysis on their podcast. Hey, if there's a Mr. Ben, we can have a mystery. There we go. It's a fricative. A big guy here is called Mr. Bruff. Okay, kids go on YouTube and it's called Mr. Bruff, and he shows them like how to do all right on like their film literature, oh, or English literature, and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. I think he's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep telling my students I'm smarter than Mr. Bruff, but he's good. He's good. <laughs> um, so um, he gains on his heavier opponent. I don't know how that happens as they're falling. And he kicks ass. I've got my notes like only an old man can. He grabs his sword as well. He's, yep. He'd been hanging there for a little while. He's had time to talk. I will say that first one's one of the great Mr. X where you think he's gotten away. Yeah. And then like the whip hits him around the ankle. It's great. And you're like, Oh, it always makes my heart sink. Yeah, because you think they're getting away, and then no, you, you're going to have to pay the piper on this one. Yep, it's going to have to happen. Gandalf misses every crevice and jut of the of the the, the 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 stone, but the demon hits everything. Yep, everything on the way down. He's much bigger though, isn't he? And then it turns out that Frodo <laughs> is awake and hiding his dreams from sam we get the title credit the color grading did you hear that julian i'm talking about the color grading is almost gray as sam and frodo walk towards mordor 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 one does not simply walk into mordor no there we are there's a lot of color grading in this yes there's a lot of manipulation there's a lot lot of turning things to be gray blue and occasionally things get turned orange, but it's a lot of gray and blue it's quite funny there's one particular scene where they come out of the woods and that's all gray and greeny and then all of a sudden they go brighter and it's like, it's like um uh wizard of oz you know when they look through the the door the shed whatever it is and yeah the sunny world yeah. yeah um and so sam says oh great mr frodo the one place in middle earth we don't want to get any closer to is the one place we're trying to get to and the one place we just can't get <laughs> you did that quite well thank you the secret to sam is just sounding like you're like one moment away from giving up at all times <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're lost and so we'll re-meet really quickly re-meet frodo baggins played by elijah wood if you want to know the story about how he got hired go listen to the fellowship of the ring and samwise ganji played by sean astin who i think is criminally underrated the entire trilogy 
I think he's a fine actor. In he this. is a fine actor, but do you know something else, oh, yeah. right? That's supposed to be mates. Why does he become subservient to him? He's always been in a support role. Yeah, but I mean, they're mates. They are mates, but like Frodo's got the burden. He can't carry the burden, but he can carry Frodo. Okay, Mr. Frodo. He goes, doesn't he? He calls him Mr. Sam. Yeah, okay. It just your, seems to be. Your accent was a bit. All right, Mr. Frodo. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it was. All right, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, they're lost. Um, and Sam goes, I don't think Gandalf meant for us to go this way. <laughs> to which point Frodo goes, well, there's a lot of things that, Fro- that Gandalf didn't mean to happen, but they <laughs> have. And I'm like, okay, Frodo, thanks for that. I'm trying to solve a problem here. <laughs> Rather than go, this isn't the way Gandalf wanted us to go. We should go a different way. Don't tell me about how, yeah, Gandalf died, though. Yep, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Let's see if we can find the route, shall we? There are bigger things at foot. Yes. <laughs> um, the ring's getting heavier, and the cinematography's already on point. Like I was such a fan of the cinematography in this. They eat latmus bread, and by latmus bread, I mean shortbread. Ooh. Sam doesn't care much for foreign food. I've gotten my notes. Look at Liam. Uh, <laughs> not that you like foreign food. You like foreign food. You like new food. Maybe not so much now. Back in the day, you didn't like new food. Oh, no, I was terrible. You weren't very good with sushi when you took it out for sushi. No, I still not. You tried it. I did. I you did try it. Try. Props I did. to that. I didn't, I didn't think you would. No, I did. Yep. Yep. Um, do you like sushi, James? Oh, I love sushi. There we are. I'll tell you what, it's so weird, James, living here in the UK, because in Canada, Landlocked, not landlocked, but when you're from the part of Canada that, that, that James and I are from, Ontario, middle of the country, you are thousands of miles away from an ocean. Despite this, sushi restaurant, it feels like, on every corner. Like, there's just sushi <laughs> everywhere. At least there is around where, where my sister's from, the, the sort of Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge region. Sushi restaurants everywhere. Wow. England is an island surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by ocean <laughs> can't find a good sushi restaurant really unless you're willing to go for a decent drive there's one in ely now so it's not that far anymore that's mad isn't it but still i mean lynn had one for like six eight weeks <laughs> and for some reason lynn like a almost a port town like yep, you're really it, close it is yeah right no don't want fish <laughs> don't want sushi that's like in many ways there's parts of england that are stuck in the 80s and i think the sushi thing not you individually but the region as a whole not being able to, to uphold one sushi restaurant i might be stuck in the 80s a little bit jeez, <laughs> jeez. i was actually thinking about buying a bmx bike again oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's interesting they're expensive now dude uh i bet they are yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. everybody's buying it for nostalgic purposes aren't they yeah yeah and no one's making them anymore so supply and demand isn't it? yep uh Say they walk in circles some more until they realize they're not alone, and we meet Gollum, played by Andy Circus, his third appearance on the pod. Oh, and, and we need to come up with a decision because we get a brief glimpse of him in number one. Does that count as an appearance on the pod? I'm going because he wasn't voiced. No. Okay. What's your thought on that? If he was seen, I'd say yes. I think we see like a glimpse of the back of him. Okay. So we may have to think that one through. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the actual footage from number one, and we'll see how much. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll decide. So he's not right now in it. So he's got two other appearances. Can you name one of them? Uh, Guardians? He's not in Guardians. Oh. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though. Yeah. What was he in that? Um, For once, he wasn't green screened in that. Did you guys do um, Age of Ultron? I forget. Did not do Age of Ultron. Oh, you guys did how no. many that? No, didn't do that one. Oh, I know you guys did. Uh, go for it. 
Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther's one of them. Who is he? Yep. Black Actually, Panther, both yeah. both ones we have him. He's playing just just flesh and bones. Oh, oh. The other one. Are you watching closely? Oh, really? No, I'm cut on. He hung out with David Bowie for the day. Oh yes, of course. Oh, um, 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 uh, the Prestige. Prestige is right. Yeah. Oh, oh. He was. He, oh, he was. I want his, to say the Illusionist. Then he was. Yeah. <laughs> careful with those two. <laughs> careful with those two. So, um, they began animating Gollum in late 1998 to convince New Line they could achieve the effect, and Andy Serkis played Gollum by uh, providing the voice and movements on set, as well as performing within the motion capture suit later on. He was pitched the role by his agent, who said, hey, do you want to do some voiceover work in New Zealand? However, Sir Peter Jackson was so blown away. I didn't know he was knighted. There we go. Was so blown away by Circus's audition. He said, yeah, let him perform the movements for Gollum on set as well. So they were filmed twice, once with him, once without him. The problem is... The better takes were always the ones where he was on set. Of course. So they, more to work so, with, so they had you? to like basically animate over where he was yeah. with the uh, CGI model. Wow. Uh, it was redesigned when Circus was also cast as Smeagol, uh, Gollum's former self, to give the impression of Andy Circus as Smeagol transforms into a CGI Gollum. Um, and there was a few problems. One was, like we said, the cast performed better in the takes where Circus was on set. Um, so also there were some other difficult things like ones where he like crawls upside down in shots and things of that nature. Uh, so they would just in that case animate his body and then just do the, the, the face stuff and plaster it on top. Yep. Um, it took every, every frame of his skin took four hours to render. Wow. Because of the, you know, you don't want to just look like uniform white. It needs to have some development, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Andy Circus drank bottles uh, and bottles of Gollum juice, a mixture of honey, lemon, and ginger, to keep his throat lubricated for his intense vocal performance. Which I did read some stuff that suggested it was inspired by a cat ch- choking up a, f- a furball. Oh, okay. But have no f- full confirmation on that from the man himself. Wow. So Gollum goes for the ring, but is caught by Sam and Frodo, and eventually uh, is eventually incapacitated. But there's a real savagery in the first fight, and uh, Gollum even bites Sam and Frodo. So many things in this movie. If you just kill the person who's the obvious threat, yeah. the movie ends so much differently. <laughs> it does. If you kill Gollum here, different movie. Yep. Well, yeah, you don't know how to get where you need to get, but at least you get rid of the Gollum problem. Jeez. Um, fiery eye. <laughs> Frodo threatens to slice Gollum's throat. I've gotten here much shorter movie. Uh, they now have a prisoner, but he's loud. Sam wants to tie him up and leave him. And Frodo goes, I should kill him. And I'm like, yeah, you should. And he goes, but I pity him. And I'm like, oh, no. Why is that thing around his neck? Because he looked like he could slide out. Oh, of is this minute. the rope? Yeah. What a stupid thing. He can just slide he out just, at any time. Frodo just grabs it with his hand and sort of like takes it off his neck. Like, like we haven't bound Gollum's hands. No. Gollum I, could have taken it off at any point. At some point, Isn't I thought... Isn't the Gollum's toe too simple to realize it? Is that what it is? I don't know. It would have been great if he was like, take uh, it off, take it great. off, take it off. We and have and he doesn't do it. powers or something. Yeah. What, what was that, James? Going? To be the Lord of the Rings nerd, that's the elvish rope they got from the elves in the last movie. <laughs> so it does affect him because it is... It is like actually, he says it burns, so it actually is like. Oh, it's magic. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Makes more sense. They could have animated it a bit. <laughs> From then. my recollection, at least. That would make sense. No, because I remember that line. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. It would. There we are. Um, 
Gollum manipulates that, the idea that he pities him, and then Frodo's on to him. Uh, I've got my notes. The score for for Gollum is great here. Um, they uh, Sam doesn't trust him, and here's the triangle the film's going to be. Who does Frodo trust? Because the movie keeps telling him to pick one or the other. And we're sort of aligned to Sam because we, we get to see that, you know, Schmeagle Gollum has, like, manipulated him. But I I feel for him as well, though. For who? For Gollum? For Gollum, yeah. Well, I think he's supposed to. I think yeah. he's supposed to, yeah, yeah. But I feel way more for Sam. I'm like, Sam's telling the truth. Yeah. He's trying to keep his buddy safe. Yep. That's what he's doing. Gollum knows the way to Mordor, and that's enough for Frodo. Mordor. And then, so, we meet the orcs, and let's re-meet Merry and Pippin. Merry played by Dominic Monaghan of Lost, and Pippin by Billy Boyd, who I know from nothing. Billy Boyd? Charlie. Uh, Charlie is Dominic Monaghan, Mary from Lost. Oh, okay. He yeah. plays Charlie of Washed Up um, Rock and Roller. I was going to ask James if he'd ever seen Lost, but clearly he has. Mm-hmm. So that's good. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. What do you got? See, I think I remember him from a thing called Hetty Wainthrop. Who's this, Dominic Monaghan? Yeah. Okay. Which was a, a British TV thing that I didn't realize. She's an investigator. But she's an older lady investigator. Okay. She's more of a busybody. Didn't really like it. And Billy Boyd? Because uh, I know him from nothing besides this. Uh, you know who I thought this was for years? I thought this was one of Ant and Deck. <laughs> Did you really? I knew the one guy was Charlie from Lost. Oh, the other guy was one of Ant and Deck. <laughs> that would be amazing if that was. It would be great. Because one would be so sour right now, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, James, have you ever seen these guys? I guess you've seen Charlie and Lost. Have you seen uh, any other ones? Uh, no, I have no idea who Billy Boyd is other than like from Lord of the Rings. Stuff yeah. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. Either. He's really good. There's a great scene of them out there where Dominic Monaghan's talking. I don't know if he's a podcast now or what the deal is, but Dominic Monaghan's talking to Billy Boyd and he's explaining that in America, if you get a PG-13 rating, it means you can have one swear word per film. And they're going, where do you put the swear word? Where do you put the F-bomb in, Lord, in each movie of Lord of the Rings? Yeah, <laughs> so... <probably. laughs> That might be, maybe I'll leave us with that. At the end of the movie, we got a name. Where would you have put your F-bomb in the two towers? Okay. Okay? I think I've got mine already. All right. We'll go through it. You don't know what you're going to get. All right. True. Okay. Here we (laughs) go. So, uh, where are we at here? So, we all, then we meet Aragorn, played by Viggo Mortensen. I don't think I've seen him in a film that wasn't this. Really? I don't think I've seen him in anything else. You've not seen Green Book? G.I. Jane? I haven't seen Green Book. Oh, I have yeah, seen G.I. Jane yeah. before I saw this and probably didn't didn't tweak. Have you seen the remake of Vanishing Point? Oh, no, it's a I, car chase movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, me? Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope it goes on for 11 minutes. <laughs> You'd love this. That was even made for TV movies. Oh, well. was it really? Yeah, no. no, I haven't seen that one. I loved it. It's great. Uh, history of- a brief history of violence. Yes. I, I was violence, doing a house share or renting a room off a guy whose girlfriend, and the guy was like in his 50s, 60s, and his girlfriend owned a shop, and they filmed a scene from a history of violence in the shop. Oh. I know Viggo Mortensen's a massive Montreal Canadiens fan. That's really all I know. So, so I'm predispositioned to like the guy. That's about it. See, I like him. Oh, I think he's excellent in this. I think he's, yeah. yeah. The only thing is, do you find, though, a lot of these characters, like... Um Viggo Mortensen, uh, Sean Bean, and another guy who's in this. They all look very similar. Yeah, I mean, once you start giving people long hair, and, start, and they all have that, like, like elvish green kind of doublet. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to tell some of them apart. Yeah. Well, 
I feel like Georgia. <laughs> yeah. um, then we're going to meet or re-meet uh, Aragorn. Oh, we did already. Uh, Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom. We've done another Orlando Bloom film besides uh, besides Lord of the Rings. Pirates you know what of the Caribbean. Is? Pirates of the Caribbean, of course it is. Will Turner. And we re-meet Gimli, played by John Rhys-Davies. John Reese Davis, I know him. I know him. He's 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 the guy with the fez in 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 Indiana Jones. He is, which we haven't done yet. No, can you believe it? One seventy five. We haven't done a single Indiana Jones yet. That's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Really? Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the it's one of the big sort of like blockbustery kind of things we haven't gone down yet. Yeah, there's a fifth one coming out, so you know there is. So maybe I'm, there's I'm just, room I'm, on the docket. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, you never know. <laughs> big, if, if Phoenix decides, big film summer. <laughs> big film summer. Uh, what do we got here? So John Reese Davies had lost the tip of his left middle finger in a farm accident when he was younger. So special prosthetic fingertips were made from a cast of his right middle finger. During shooting, he thought, "Okay, I'm gonna pull a prank on Peter Jackson." <laughs> so he cuts the tip of the prosthetic finger. And then he fills it with fake blood and then goes up to Jackson and says, hey, boss, I had an accident. <laughs> That's funny. Probably, it'd be great if he just sort of pulled it and the tip just comes off in his hand. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not Nothing bad. about a flesh wound. <laughs> so we look at them running and they're all flipping hobbled. So it's an overhead shot and another like great sort of... Uh, you know, come see the region kind of shot. And you can see that Viggo Mortensen's kind of hobbling. We can see that I forget, Legolas is doing it. And so's the guy playing. Jonathan Reese Davis uh, just plays the face, really. Oh, okay. Because uh, he's always oh, he's way too tall. He's a big oh, man. Oh, yeah, he is. He? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he can't play the actual. I thought like, that was camera trickery. No, no, no. This one's, this one's, they composited his face onto it later. Wow. So what actually happened was. Um, um, Aragon Viggo Mortensen gets a foot injury from a scene we'll talk about later. He's broken two of his toes. Um, the, the 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 stunt double or the 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 body double for the uh, for the for, for, for the dwarf has a knee injury. Oh no! So he can't walk. And something happened. Something else happened to Orlando Bloom on set as well. Hang on. Did he get legless? <laughs> <laughs> so like for two days straight, he makes him run. <laughs> like as soon as they were done the set, they go cut and be like. <laughs> and just like bemoaning because they're all hurt. Wow! So, but they took it like 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 champs for sure. I did have to laugh though because they want us to believe that they keep running and running and running and yeah. running and running for days. For, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got another Felix moment here. Here we go. Oh, oh. Uh, okay. So I'll set it up. So this is the bit where they're running, and there's a shot from a helicopter shot from overhead. Come to the wild green hills of New Zealand. Kick up your park run by running through our lush green landscape. <laughs> Rehab your injuries and find the healing power of New Zealand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he even made himself laugh. That's remarkable. He's a serious guy. He is, isn't he? I hope that wasn't the final take he sent off to the board. Well, I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds a bit of a mockery. It does, just a bit. Uh, you've got to remember, back in the day as well, like you said about the helicopter shots, that is a helicopter, not oh, a drone. Oh, that's a helicopter, it's not a drone. No, yeah. that's a helicopter. I remember in the first one we said that, I think it was Sean Bean, who was so afraid of heights, he wouldn't take the helicopter. Oh. up to the top of the mountain wow. so they'd pass him and he'd just be walking up the hill and it would take him a couple hours to get to the top but he would rather do that than get in the helicopter that's nuts yeah i'm not sure i've never been in a helicopter have you oh no i'd love it though james been in a helicopter before no 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You hear about going to Vegas and you say you do the helicopter tour. You can do like the Grand Canyon or Hoover yeah. Dam and stuff like that, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm doing that. Oh man, that'd be amazing. Isn't that? Isn't that how Kobe died? Is it? Kobe died in a helicopter, isn't it? In bad weather, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, true. Yeah, you don't get. I'm definitely not getting in one in bad weather. That's not happening. Uh, Yeah, I've seen enough Grey's Anatomy to go. You get near, you get near helicopters, like limbs come flying off. Yeah, but I've seen the A Team (laughs) and Howlin' Mad Murdoch. He he crashes them all the time, and he's fine. I'm pretty sure in both Jurassic Park movies, the guy flying the helicopter dies somehow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's because Murdoch weren't flying him. That's right. Uh, where are we at here? Um, Aragorn finds the token dropped by Pippin, because we did see that Pippin... Um, had bit it off with his teeth. Had, Pippin has bitten uh, the token <laughs> off and drops it with his teeth. And I'm like, what are the odds? He's a tracker. He drops though. it in this one, like... You saw how broad the landscape was? Yeah, but he's a tracker. He can hear things as well. Yeah, he, he, can, he, can, he can hear that the rocks talk to him. Uh, we find out later, but according to Gimli, that dwarves are natural sprinters. They don't do cross country. I just want to see him do a hundred meter dash. Now. Yeah, That's what I want to see with his axe. Uh, Legolas sees the hobbits are being taken to Isengard. Um, so to Saruman, because he's got elvish eyesight. Remember that later, because it fails him multiple times. Mm. And we re-meet Saruman, played by Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, who we haven't got to in the Star Wars yet. We'll get to him next year, because Christopher Lee plays Count Dooku. What a body of work that guy's done. Chris Furley? Yeah. Yeah. You think the people he's played opposite in his early days. Yep. And he carried on his career, even doing a Bond movie, you know, and then being an up-to-date movie with... Which, which the, Bond film? He Didn't he do um, Man with the Golden Gun? Sure. I'll take a reference. I have no idea. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Have to ask our friends over at Spy Hard about that one. Yeah, please it. get to us and see if I'm right or yeah. wrong. That might be a mistake for me next week. <laughs> oh, there we go. I think. I think yeah, he played a man called Scaramanga. Oh, I remember that part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Christopher Lee read The Lord of the Rings. I've been this since last year, but it's such a worthwhile <laughs> fact I'm going to mention it again. He read The Lord of the Rings once a year until his death in 2015. Wow. He mustn't have had any time to read any other books. <laughs> he mustn't have done it. That's all he did. But was it because um, it was inspired by this? Huh? Was it inspired? Oh, no. He was a fan for years. He, uh, he was the only member of the cast to have met J.R.R. Tolkien. <gasps> yep. So that makes sense. We see an. That's or- amazing, isn't it? I haven't met a writer yeah. before. Yeah, I have. Have you? I've met Ellie Griffiths. Who's that? She writes about um, around here, around Norfolk and okay. and Brighton. They're normally like um, detective type murder things. But yeah, Ellie Griffiths. She was lovely. I met her last year. Um, where are we at here? So we see an orc army being developed, and we hear the word "the two towers." So roll credits. Uh, here's my question: What is Saruman's motivation? Yeah, why is he doing this? No idea. Does he just want to be evil league of evil and eat evil cereal and drink evil milk? Like what? Like what's because the purpose? Once he's taken over everything and destroyed everything. What's he got to? You'd have to like if you were a wizard. Like what? Like you already got a pretty good deal in life. What do you? Yeah. What benefit is there? I don't understand it. He's got to be in his bond about From Gandalf. my understanding of, I think he's just like, it's, it's, even in the first movie, he says like, uh, Sauron's too powerful, so might as well join him kind of thing. Okay. Like, better be with the, with the enemy than not than die. If you can't beat him, join him, I suppose. And then, yeah, Sa- but- then Sauron, one of my big issues with Sauron is he's just a, like, Sauron's not just a big blinking eye in the sky. That's just a, a gimmick he's got, right? 
Well, it seems so. Yeah. Yeah, so we never actually see Sauron. He's, it's more as... Yeah. You see his, like, spirit... Like, like, oh, sorry. Eyes is, like, spirit. Oh, and, we're like, definitely, we're definitely struggling with the connection form. today, unfortunately. And you see him in the beginning of the... Oh yeah. Yeah, we see him at. Sorry, you said we see him at the beginning oh, of the. Can you hear me? Oh, you're frozen. Oh. Uh oh. Oh, we're having an Ethan moment. <laughs> we're, we're we're having some like technical a part of the Fellowship of the Ring. Sorry, one more time, please. Oh. You see him in the beginning in the prequel part of the Fellowship of the Ring, that giant guy with the horns and everything. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So as a result, Saruman becomes almost your proxy for Sauron throughout the whole film. Yeah. Weird thing is, though. For for this movie, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. He's all in white, isn't he? He is all in white. Is it just so that you can see him walking amongst the... Well, there's there's degrees of wizard, and so white is a higher level than gray, is my understanding. Oh, so he's higher than... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, In the first one, he's... He's like his mentor, if memory so serves. So Gandalf then ascend later? It's kind of woolly. I think he's kind of rewarded for his sacrifice. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm going to let James jump in here if the connection holds up, and we'll see kind of <laughs> how it goes. James, how's my assertion here? Is it kind of white's bigger than gray, but how does he get up that high? Uh, from the extended edition, it's more he's who Saruman should be. So the people like the... The god of that of the area like gave him uh, power up and like in a one up in try like and brought. Are you using back. like Scott Pilgrim so logic? <laughs> stop Sauron. Power ups and one ups. And- <laughs> yes. Okay. Sort of, but from my understanding, so I remember from the extended edition. All right. Oh, uh, okay. Um, where are we at here? Um, so, uh, don't go, I'll tell you what, I was eating a curry for lunch. Do not go eating a curry while watching them make orcs out of the ground. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting. Um. Your curry looked nice though. Yeah, it's quite nice, yeah. Um, first, so first the army's gonna go to Rohan, and, uh, there's a touching sequence where they get to Rohan, and the mother sends her two children off as the orcs approach. Oh, that was a really, really nice sort of sequence there. I know Peter Jackson's kids are in there somewhere. I don't know if this is them or not, but two of his kids are in the movie. That's cool. We then meet, uh, I think it's Ewan? Ewan? Played by Miranda Otto? Ewan. Sorry, Ilwyn? Is she the um Yeah, okay. The 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 She's the blonde without the makeup. Uh yeah, She's yeah, the yeah. only pretty girl in all of in all of uh Rohan. Oh, okay. The yeah. only one. She's the only one. <laughs> Um, when Miranda Otto arrived on set she was introduced first to the people she'd be working with the most when she met Viggo Mortensen she commented about his character falling in love with his saying it's going to be so easy to fall in love with this man (laughs) on her first day of shooting Liv Tyler was said to have welcomed her with an enthusiastic open arm saying I'm so glad there's another woman in this film someone might want to tell Kate Blanchett she said that Um, she approaches a wounded child and there's a very young man coming up there my question for you liam is the guy who gets banished did you recognize him yes i did oh where did i recognize him from is he yeah um 
the guy from is he Billy 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 from um they're the B word the boys I would give you a quote to back it up but they all have a C word in it that's what I can think of so yeah you're right <laughs> is that him yeah, yeah um I can't think of his name it's uh, Carl Urban Carl Urban yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he yeah. looks so young there he looks so young because that threw me I was like oh my god I, I if, if I did, hadn't have paused it to look up someone's name and his hadn't been staring me in the face, I don't think I would have spotted him. See, I did. And I was like, that can't be. And then I had to look up because obviously I, I had to make sure that was. I'm really excited for season four of The Boys. Yeah, me too. It's uh, got to end there, hasn't it? It's It's got to be It's got to be end game time now. It it's has to be. It's got to be. Because if you drag it out another season, that's just going to be too much. It's gone too much. Like, you've got rid of um, Giancarlo Esposito's gone. Everybody else is gone. It's like I was watching the scene on YouTube the other day where he's basically it's Giancarlo Esposito telling uh, Anthony Starr Homelander. Yeah. Look, you've gotten everything you wanted. Yep. But the problem is there's no one to cover for you now. So the world will see you as you are. So you got to figure out last for one season and that's it. And then it's going to have to be something else, right? And then they got to take him down. They got to. Yeah. Because there's nowhere else for the story to go. No. Have you been watching The Boys, James? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite shows on Amazon Prime right now. Here we are. Uh, cool. The boys. And we're down to our last episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel ever. Yeah. One to go. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm about... Um, I won't give five, anything away. But yeah. season five, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm about um, episode three in. Yeah, Friday. Friday's the last one. I'm looking. Oh. Yeah. I'm not ready to say goodbye to these characters yet. Me neither. No. Don't just love Lenny Bruce. There was something that happened in um, the most recent episode where I went, oh, this is the kind of scene you do if it's like ending like imminently because i thought it was gonna go 10 episodes oh. and it turns out no it's only going nine and uh, i was like oh, oh there's one left that's oh. it what did you say lenny bruce oh lenny bruce he's my favorite he's great he's brilliant and he yeah jeez and actually i hope it's not giving too much away i'm only asking for confirmation i don't know if this is right but the episode i saw where that flashes forward to 1981 okay there's a young younger her her daughter or something. Yep. Is that Maisel playing the young daughter as well? The lady who plays Maisel? Oh, I don't think so. No, I don't think she could pass for that. I think it's just an actress who's just copied her really well. Really? Yep. Because I... Oh, there's something in me that tells me that is. I don't think it is. We'll, we'll look it up. Okay, I don't okay, think it is. No, no, no. Um, where are we at here? Um, so this is Eomer? 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 I don't know. How do I say it, James? Eomer? 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 Aomir. Okay. He wants to fight and defend his country, and we meet Theoden, played by Bernard Hill. Actually, his second appearance on the pod. Oh, my God. I'm never going to remember this. No, you're not. He's the captain of a Titanic. Oh, my God, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't he that is. crazy? You know, I looked at him and I thought, where do I know him from? Yeah. Yeah, he plays Smith. He, he? he looks like they just dragged him out of the water and put him in this chair. Yeah. Uh, we also meet Grima Wormtongue, played by Brad Dourif. He looks familiar, too. Between takes, he stayed in character by continuing to speak with an English accent. He's not English. Until all his footage had been completed. This was so convincing that at the end, when he spoke of his normal voice again, Bernard Hill thought his English accent was real and that his American accent must be faked. <laughs> that's funny he had shaved off his eyebrows for the part so every time he got called back to set to do oh we've got another scene for you he had to reshave his eyebrows oh, off i know that feeling <laughs> what you shaved your eyebrows no the eyebrows oh, the hair yeah <laughs> uh worm tongue says that saruman the white has been their only friend to 
Eomir. And, uh, but Eomir says the orcs are marching unopposed, killing. Grima says, why do you trouble an already troubled mind with your warmongering? And Eomir asked what the price for um, Grima's um, loyalty was. And I've kind of gotten my notes that Eomir is like Diet Coke Aragorn. Like, he's okay, but yeah. I've seen this character. It's, it's, it's Aragorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we only have room for one error. So they'll get rid of this really quickly now by um, banishing him under pain of death. Yep. And that's it for most of the movie. Until he comes back. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, do you think Tolkien just, like, he had this certain thought of different characters, but then he did variations of characters because a lot of them seem similar. Books are different. You can you can take a page and give someone a really big backstory. Okay. In a way that you can't do. It's why Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings, this is Lord of the Rings. It's why Game of Thrones can seem daunting to some people because there's so many characters. But in a book, you can figure out a way to sort of make them all feel important. Yeah. But in a TV show or in a film, they just feel like it's just another face. And you don't have time to, you can't have to stop and freeze him and go, let me tell you about this character. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. That'd be funny if they did, though. <laughs> they should all be done in the voice of the guy who did the Wonder Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. That's the Wonder Years with a uh, little help from my friend, sung by Joe Cocker in 1969. Woo. Just saying. Well done. Thank you. Um, I bow down to it. <laughs> Uh, there's a running montage, and even Forrest Gump goes, it's a bit excessive, isn't it? Yeah, just a bit. How much running are you going to do? I know. The orcs finally stop running, and Mary thinks it might have been a mistake leaving the Shire. No. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Mary thinks the trees might be alive talking to each other. Hang on to that. It's going to be important later on. Uh, the orcs start fighting about wanting to eat the hobbits. Uh, Mary and Pippin steal away and are almost taken out, but are saved at the last minute by our heroes. Uh, but sorry, but not by our heroes. We get a very convenient meeting the next morning as Eomer catches our heroes up on the, on the film's number two plot and says they wiped out an orc camp last night and left none alive, but gave them some horses. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, I don't know if it's this horse or the horse that he gets later on in the movie when he comes to from going through the river, mm-hmm. but um, he gets... Uh, Does he keep it? He keeps the horse. And it meant that when they had to do a reshoot, they had to ship the horse back to New Zealand. Oh, like that's a lot for an animal to be put through. It is, isn't it? Because you put it on a plane. Well, well, unless you're going to ship it. I mean, a boat would take forever. It would take ages. Jesus, this feels like it's just not kind. No. Um. So there we go. Um, they happen upon a pile of orc bodies and find trinkets belonging to Merry and Pippin, and it causes uh, Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn to be so angry, he kicks a steel helmet, and he screams out in pain over the loss of his Pippin, or Pippin of his hobbit brethren. Is this where he breaks his toes? Or so, yes. <laughs> this is where he breaks his two toes. And this is the, the cut we saw is the cut that appear. It's the shot that appears in the movie. Wow. So director Sir Peter Jackson said he was really impressed with the shout of pain. Aragorn cried out for the fate of the two hobbits, only to realize later it was because he broke his toes. <laughs> he was also impressed with the fact that Mortensen continued acting even while injured. And Mortensen said the only reason it was even mentioned on the DVD release is because he was an actor. He said, if I was a stunt crew, they do far worse and push through it. Yeah. Yes, but you also have to deliver dialogue and think about Yeah, I'm, I'm well impressed. Any actor, you've got that. You've got like Leo with the shard of glass we talked about. Yeah. When we did uh, Inglorious, oh sorry, 
It was Django. That's right. Yeah. We did Django or other situations. I think Brad Pitt slips on a, something and breaks his arm or something like that in, in uh, one of the things from Seven. Oh, yeah. He slips on the on the road of the car. Then we see him in a sling because oh, he legit yes. breaks his arm. Yes, yes. Like that always, that's always really impressive to me when people stay in character. Yeah. So such as. That's because you're not going to waste a shot, are you? <laughs> I suppose not. I mean, for the director, you'd be like, keep going. But for the actor to think about it, nothing but respect on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Viggo Mortensen also broke a tooth during the shoot at one point. He immediately wanted to continue filming and requested super glue to reattach the broken tooth so he could use the pain for his character. The producer, Barry Osborne, said, we're taking you to a dentist and we'll finish shooting filming afterwards. (laughs) He was driven to Sir Peter Jackson's personal dentist in Wellington. He was still wearing his costume and was covered in black orc blood. When he declined to have, uh, which he declined to have cleaned off because then it would be troublesome for continuity in the film. He was back on set half an hour after a dentist finished with him. Wow. That's commitment, isn't he it? He is. He's hardcore already. He is, isn't he? Um, I saw something that said that he would often go around and, like, headbutt, um, like, the stunt people for, like, a job well done. Oh, would he? He'd be like, yeah! Like, he was just all hyper-masculine about it. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Aragorn proved he could be an FBI agent by going through the events of the previous night and <laughs> ending with the theory that the hobbits ended up in the forest. This was very Willem Dafoe. It was a little bit. He's like, it? and they rolled over here. All we needed was a discman playing some opera, and we would have had it. And seen it as well. Yeah. With him among <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, finger, like, guns, shooting, like, imaginary, like, bow and arrow. <laughs> uh, and Orc is merry and is about to kill him in the flashback when a tree comes to life and squashes it. They're then picked up by the tree. Meet Treebeard. Should be a familiar voice. Do you know who voiced it? No, but the voice did sound very familiar. James, you got any ideas on this one, buddy? Is it uh, Gibney? Does it sound like him? It is. It is Jonathan Reese davies again. How oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, no special post-production, uh, with the exception of uh, he just spoke in a naturally booming voice of the lowest pitch possible through a wooden megaphone. Oh. Treebeard took between 28 and 48 hours per frame to render, Jeez. which is saying something. Because it looks kind of pants. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it does. Uh, for scenes where he interacts with Mary and Pippin, a 14-foot-tall puppet was built on a wheel. Um, they took urethane molds of tree bark and applied them to the sculpt of tree beard to create his wooden skin. Uh, Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd sat on bicycle seats concealed <laughs> into the hands to avoid discomfort. And during lunch breaks and stuff, they couldn't let them down. It was too much of a hassle, so they left them up there. And they just sort of passed their lunches up. <laughs> That's um, brilliant. The puppet was often shot against a blue screen. Uh, they spent so much time up there, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, that they uh, spent their time between takes writing a screenplay. Wow. Yep. What Additional was the screenplay? I uh, don't know. I couldn't find that one. I've uh, uh, so that already. Treebeard doesn't know if they're orcs, but says the white wizard will know. And they walk across, and we think it's Saruman. And they drop us, and we see the white wizard from behind. I knew it but Well, it's not because Saruman's kind of dirty. Yeah. Like, even though he dresses in white, it's yeah. like his hair is also like it lays flat against his face. Like, he's, yeah. he's really... You know, not that I'm really into white wizards, but as far as white wizards go, he's not the most attractive white wizard. (laughs) So, you know, Um, and so we cut there. So it's great. It leaves you going, oh, who's that? Where are they at? Back to the ring. And we're headed through a swamp and there's faces in the water. That's spooky. Frodo stares at one. The eyes open. He goes, oh, where? There's like a head plant into the... uh, 
into, into the, the into the, the pond into the lake, whatever lake, you want to call it. Yeah, Gollum and and Frodo. Uh, oh, sorry, Gollum's re- rescues him, and Gollum and Frodo have a heart to heart, and Frodo calls him Smeagol. See now, this is my my. This is where I start to like Gollum. Yep. Because he didn't need to rescue him. I know that's part of it. Yeah, see? He could have just left him. So you got to look at Gollum can be read two ways. Gollum's a mind divided with his two combative forces in him, mm. which is totally one way to read it. Um, you can, Or you could read it that uh, Gollum is, I think the film presents him as a split personality. Like yes. two, they, that's how it came The across. book presents him as a, as, as a, quote, a mind divided. So he's just oh, always okay. at war with himself. Yeah. Or you can read him as just like the most manipulative guy ever. So why does he save you here? So you'll trust him later. Ooh, because if he were yeah. to go in and let him drown and then go for the ring, you still have to fight off Sam. So it's about earning credit to make him lower their guard. But when he's actually going for it, he can actually, he took both of them on to start with. Well, that's the problem is they made him look like he was really powerful in that first scene. Yeah. So actually like, yeah, he could have done it any other time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, what's your take on this? Uh, on this, James? Uh, I, I think it's just more or less him changing his mind where, like, with him wanting, like, to get rid of the... That he, like, he's, um... Frodo is his master, so he's trying to uh, help Frodo instead of trying to serve the ring, like, a relief being a drug addict kind of thing where like if I read um, online that Andy Serkis that's how he played uh, Golem where he wanted to make him play like a heroin addict trying to always try to get trying to get to the ring oh, yeah. so so like he would have lost the ring if he'd have gone if Frodo had gone into the wars and not come back up again he would have lost the ring well, I guess he'd still be there but um, the idea he plays the part because I read the same thing that uh, James did uh, Gollum plays the part like that of a recovering heroin addict so that's why he's so shifty and unsure about himself and doubling back and all that sort of stuff kind of almost like rubbing and scratching your arms and things like that too right Mm -hmm. uh been reading a lot about actors and stuff being motivated by heroin addicts lately just seems to be the thing I'm, i'm running into um so there is that um yeah i i think because frodo sees schmeagle Gollum. Is going, I need there to believe there's a way back to sanity, a way back to morality, a way back to normality, because when I'm done, I need to hope there's, there, there's hope for me. Yeah. And I'm going to do irreparable damage. Now, the difference would be, I'd say, Mr. Frodo, because that's how you hobbits talk about each other. You put the word mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Frodo. The ring won't be three feet away from you, tempting and taunting you this whole time, mm-hmm. which is yeah. what it's doing for Gollum. It's right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like... It's like having an alcoholic and having like a bottle of booze like three feet from them at all times. And he's feeling it himself, isn't he, Frodo? Oh, yeah. He's feeling that. Frodo's having of, a rough time. He's, he's, yeah. and he, he's got Gollum in front of him, which is what he could become later if he carries on the way he's going. Yeah, he says like it's getting heavier yeah. and you can see a lot of his personality snaps are similar to that which Gollum is doing. Mm. Um, where are we at here? Uh, Just pulled him out of the lake. Yeah, pulled him out of a lake. Uh, Black Riders show up and Frodo freezes up but gets through it enough with Sam and Gollum to save them. But in the woods, uh, our adult-sized heroes, minus Gimli, smell orc blood and Legolas thinks the woods are full of memory and anger. Smell orc blood? He tastes it. Does he? Uh, 
Uh, Legolas says the White Wizard approaches, and they declare, don't let him speak, and we'll get to the reveal. And we just get blinded by the light. Blinded by the light. (laughs) Sorry. There's tens and there's whatever that was. That was insane. James has fallen off his chair. (laughs) That just came out of nowhere. (laughs) And so... they said, don't let him speak. And so as they try to fire on him, like the, the White Wizard uses magic to disarm all three of them. And the voice starts speaking to them, and it starts. It's Christopher Lee in the mix. And then as it goes along, the mix changes, and Lee goes down, and McKellen comes up. So it's just a great misdirect to us. Uh, I always felt that was him anyway. Who? McKellen. I always thought it was uh, Gandalf. The voice does start off as Christopher Lee. Oh, does it? Yeah, technically. Maybe- I, did, I did some research on it. Maybe in the first time I watched it, I don't remember. Maybe in the first time I thought it was him and then was misdirected like they expected. Yeah. But this time round... You just I saw... Was, oh, it's because we know. We know it's McKellen now, don't we? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's probably what it is. So we have that. Um, and uh, he gives the missing part of his story. He's like, oh, Gandalf, that was my name, wasn't it? Well, I'm no longer Gandalf the Grey. Why I'm, is he talking to himself in a third person? I'm now Gandalf the White. And it's like, Okay. So do you not just level up? You actually change personalities or what? It seems like he's been reborn and he's just like a little bit slow coming to grips about things like identity. Oh, okay. Yeah. It feels a bit weird. It does feel a bit weird. They ride from right to left, which I'm never a fan of because you're supposed to ride from left to right in a film. Yes. Yeah. Tree birds with the hobbits, uh, but that's just a quick cutaway. Back to the ring. We arrive at the gates of Mordor. Um, Sam can see a way down, but then the rock tips over and almost no one in a marching army notices two hobbits sliding down the side of a very open empty landscape which is weird isn't it it is weird uh two people finally realize they go to um to go check it out and the boys have turned themselves into what looks like a rock because frodo's cape is perfect on its placement um then they then go to run in through a gate and Gollum stops them yeah they'd have been dead two seconds in Gollum promises there's another way in. Sam gets mad, and Sam's a bit irrational. Why didn't you bring this up earlier? He goes, we didn't ask. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> Frodo, uh, Sam and Frodo have an ideological divide about whether we should trust Gollum. Frodo goes, well, do what you want. I'm going with him. <laughs> and then we go back to Eowyn speaking to Theoden. Um, she can't understand why he will. I guess his son's died. I don't know much about this. I'm guessing this is some sort of a deleted scene, James. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, it was part of the extended edition where his son got attacked by orcs, the like the the white hand, the Sarmans orcs, and then he was he was he was injured, and like like on his death rows, and then his son wouldn't he wouldn't visit his son. Okay, so we see her sort of sitting there with her cousin, I suppose. And uh, meanwhile, Grima Wormtongue makes a move on Eo, and he comes over, he starts touching her. Uh, this is the thing that set off Grima about uh, Eoden before he banished him. It was like, I see the way you look at her. And then yeah, he's like, yeah, you yeah. got to go. <laughs> uh, our heroes approach, and uh, they get told that no one can go near Theoden armed by order of Grima Wormtongue. Uh, they go for Gandalf's stick, and he goes, you wouldn't deprive an old man of his walking stick. <laughs> McKellen's great in that. It's brilliant, but wouldn't you know that he's a wizard? I guess not. Yeah, I guess but not. If Worm, whatever his name is, Wormtongue, did you say? Yeah. If he knows... Um, I don't think he thinks for a moment he's alive. Yeah, but 
He he looks the same as Christopher Lee. Right, but he's not the one out there. He's he he only sees him once he goes into the throne room. Um and so our heroes go in in the throne room, they kick some butt. Because Grima goes, you idiots. I didn't I tell you to remove? And they all start beating people up. And the guards change over. And then we get a reveal. And um, he says, he reveals himself to, and says, be gone to um, Theoden, who's been, it's kind of like a demon possession thing going on here, except for it's by Saruman. And Saruman kind of laughs and goes, ha, 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 you have no power. And then apparently showing them the color of your laundry is what you have to do because if you have power surely you have power whether they whether they realize it or not it's irrelevant yeah if you've got a, a magical power that's fine but for some reason when he shows him you know he's been using tide and his shirt's oh so very white that's enough to make sermon go oh and he gets knocked out back in his own area um Funny. The king then goes to, so the king has a very quick transformation to his uh, prime look, including badly dyed hair. And uh, the king goes to kill Grima, and Aragorn physically restrains the king. Why? You'd be dead. Yes. A, they'd kill him. They would kill him. Yeah. B, you know he's in league with, like, your worst enemy who's really powerful and Sauron's right-hand man. And he's now going to run back and He's going to run and tell him, here's all their weaknesses. Yes. Maybe we kill this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get this at all. Like, I know it's like, if you're the heroes, don't kill unless you absolutely have to. This At least throw him in jail. Do something. Like, you don't have to let him go. Put him. I'm sure that, that room they're in has got, like, some sort of a holding cell. Yeah. Oh, it's so stupid. Like, there's things where you're like, this is going to come back and bite you in the ass. Like, yeah. like like in 300, where they let that, like, guy who's, like, a, like disfigured. Oh. They, they laugh at him and let him go, and so he sells them out to uh, the Persians. Yeah. I and can... tells them the weakness in in, 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 in the plan. I've only seen it once. but Yeah, yeah me too. It's, uh, it's, it's a weird film. It is a weird film. But, like, this one, I was like, this was so easy to predict. Yeah. Like the guy's literally been the right hand of the king. Yeah. Maybe we don't let him go. No. He knows how people, he knows who's alive. He knows who's dead. He's the one who knows that the Eodin's been banished. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no, just don't let him go. Nope. Oh, brutal. Cut the head off the worm. That's, that's right. Theoden <laughs> um, struggles with the notion of burying his child. And this, this, this a little part of a scene is based <laughs> off of an actual real-life thing when Bernard Hill was in Glasgow. A woman came up to him and told, her about, told him about how one of her children had died shortly before then that parents shouldn't have to bury their child. This conversation affected him so much, he asked Peter Jackson if they could put a line in about it. Wow. Yeah. And then the children from Rohan, the ones who were sent off at the start, they actually show up. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And so the question is, now do we do war or do we not do war? And Theoden's like, we can't go to war. We're going to go to Helm's Deep. And Aragorn's like, yeah. You yeah, need to go to war. They're going to follow you to Helm's Deep. Yeah. You need to go to war. And Gandalf says, hey, or, or Theoden goes, hey, are you king or am I king? And I'm like, well, a couple of minutes ago, he restrained you and you did what he told you to do. Yes. So it looks like. I don't know if he's your king, but Aragorn's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Backed up by wizard. Just, just saying. Um, Gandalf tells Aragorn to look for his coming on the fifth day at dawn in the east. This seemed like this should have been a bigger deal to Aragorn than it was, because he forgets it till like the very end of the movie. Yes. Just saying. Um, 
Is it a meat cute? It's kind of a meat cute. Aragorn <laughs> compliments this uh, Eowyn's uh, skill with a blade. And she says, hey, we learned a long time ago. You don't have to ha- be skilled with a blade in order to die by one. And I'm like, your Tinder bio needs some work. If that's your, like, come come date me line. Yeah. And you need to go with something else. Like, she also hey, says, like, she's not afraid to die and, you know. Take I her fear off. neither pain nor death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you fear? I fear a cage. And he goes, you're a handmaiden of of Rohan. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, if she didn't fear anything, why did she fear Airworm? I thought there should have... Oh, well, that's just I fear a creepy guy touching me up. Then use the sword. Use the sword, Luke. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, Defend yourself. I thought there should have been a third act, and I forget what happens in the third movie, but this felt like it was leading itself to her actually using a sword in the third act of this movie. It felt like it, didn't it? And it just doesn't go anywhere. No. She gets turned back, doesn't she? She keeps getting told, nope. 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 And it's always by uh, the old guy. By her father, yeah. So I'm like, uncle. So, oh, uncle, is it? So I'm like, maybe, maybe like, you know, Aragorn's going to be like uh you know, he's gonna he's gonna see her value as a person and not just as like a delicate wallflower, and be like, "Use your blade." <laughs> I will fight with Comes you. Comes up in the third movie. Does it? Okay, so at least it's a payoff for it. Oh, okay, thank you. I Thanks, look forward James. to a year from now talking about how they paid this off. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we at here? Um, Gleam of Worm Tongue tells Saruman that yeah, he basically goes and says, "Yeah, so here's what I'll do, and here's where it's weak." Yeah, cool. stupid. stupid. Back to the ring. Frodo has to help Gollum because he needs to believe he can come back from this. We said it this. He keeps snapping at Sam. That night, everyone sleeps, and we get that iconic scene of Gollum arguing with himself. It's clever. It's one. It, it is. It is. Scene. This might be the best scene in in the entire trilogy. It's great. Isn't it? it is that scene, isn't it? It's so good. Um. So the novel alludes to a division in uh, his mind. Uh, he tells his darker side to leave now and never come back <laughs> and thinks he's been successful. Uh, the two personas, the childlike Smeagol, the evil Gollum, we've said this already. Uh, Andy Circus said he bases depression, uh, desperation and cravings on the withdrawals of heroin addicts. Smeagol wakes everybody up, having killed a pair of rabbits. Sam makes a stew. Gollum thinks he's ruining it. <laughs> which is interesting potatoes yeah taters what potatoes. taters pot and he was potatoes to be fair you said taters the first time there, Sam. um and you can see and then he looks like like a raspberry and he like you can see spittle fly out that's actually andy circus's spit wow uh, it's his favorite take of the entire trilogy because you can see his you actual can, spit you can see his phys- something to him physically made it into the final product that's brilliant i get it yeah yeah uh, Frodo stumbles upon Saruman's army, including elephants. And rather than go, we're in some real Olifant. trouble. Oh, elephants, yes. And ra- 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 <laughs> rather than rather than, st- than go, oh, we're in some real trouble here. They got elephants. Um, they go, man, wait till we tell people in the Shire we saw an elephant. <laughs> well, the one that's going to stamp your people to death. And then we see a bunch of people, uh, archers coming to take everybody out, including our heroes who are taken away. But now we're on the way to Helm's Deep, and Jim Lee's talking. Uh, Gimli, sorry, is talking about dwarf men versus dwarf women uh, because they look so similar. You can't really tell them apart, which is why people think that dwarves just appear out of nowhere and aren't properly birthed. And during this, Eowyn and Aragorn are making eyes at each other, and it's like you know they're like a little e harmony sort of ad kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah. What you want? 
Remember the thing we got it. What you need? They're like helping Gimli off his fallen horse. <laughs> that was really cool how he got him. Oh, no, no, no. Later. Sorry. Legless. Oh, there's some trickery there. There's some. Rick- I saw that and went. Yeah, it's a computer. Yeah, that's there's, no be, there's, there's no be, way. There's no way. I was like, whoa. Uh, Aragorn dreams of Arwen, in case you forget who Arwen is. She's Liv Tyler. Um, she feels his path is with Frodo. He goes, I think my path is hidden from me. I'm going to him. You're dreaming. So when Arwen says your path is Frodo, your path is Frodo. It ain't hidden. This is your subconscious telling you. Yep. Um, I, I guess the, the, the notion is she's communicating through dreams. I don't know. We have some more dream kissing. Yeah, but is it? communication through dreams or is it him just i don't know i don't know i'm gonna throw to my uh lord of the rings expert on this one um i need some help here james w- which one is it is it real communication or is it or is he just having a dream i think it's a dream uh, from my understanding this is not even in the books like it's just uh or is it a memory like, i wonder if it's a memory as well because like he says he can't be with her i know they had or an issue i'm not sure and honestly i'm not sure i think it's a dream I know they have an issue because they get this far and they go, okay, we need to make it seem like they've split up. But how do we do that? Because they were going to go ahead and do like a scene where she shows up. And it, like, it makes no sense for her to show up. No. So it took them like a year to figure out, oh, hang on, let's just do a flashback. Yeah. And we'll set it up with the dream. And then we'll go to a, and then we'll do a, a legit flashback after that. And so what we get then is we get, um, uh, the idea he breaks up with her to protect her because he will always die. She's not going where she should go because she should be with him. How long do um, well, they elf- elves live forever? They're immortal forever. Yes, unless they get- unless they die, which we saw a lot of in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so the only not- thing that can go wrong, as long as you keep him her away from him, she will live forever. So this is <laughs> live, what live forever. Live forever. <laughs> that's two time rest. That's two time rusty winner, Liv Tyler. Everybody <laughs> who's actually really good in this. She's not bad for what she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look kind of semi sad to a camera, which is yeah. kind of what Liv does. It's kind of her she default. Does. She does that well. Um, just don't give her too much dialogue or emotion to convey, and she's all right. Um, so we've got that. Uh, I forget where I was going with this. But we kind of need to create the, the idea of this kind of sort of love triangle going on. Yeah. I feel so sorry for the girl. Because <laughs> oh. she's going to lose out. Yes. Uh, Eowyn is deputized. Oh, so the pilgrimage comes under attack. So Eowyn is deputized to lead the people to Helm's Deep. Again, she goes, I want to fight. And they're like, silly girl. Don't be so stupid. Swords are for boys. <laughs> you go, you go, you go and start dinner. You go and lead our people to Helm's Deep and put the kettle on. We'll be you, there in a bit. You wasn't born with a sword. Yes. <laughs> um, she's come to New Zealand. Oh, so um, then Eowyn's is deputized to lead the people, which they do. And so then we've got another thing from uh, from Felix, if I hit the button Ooh. here. Because it's over, a, again, some rolling green hills. See some things. So here we are. Come to New Zealand this summer and explore the wild greenery. Enjoy the CGI fights taking place right before you. Act like you're having fun or we'll computerly digitalize a smiling face. NewZealand.com <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Even even getting a even getting a website at the end of it. How how could you go to see them digitally fight? I don't I have no idea. I think I heard 
from Felix's notes that 40% of the time there's an active Lord of the Rings shoot going on. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just always their number three industry is Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> Do you know what? I reckon you could make money out of that. Going back to New Zealand in certain locations. Oh, sure. And doing reenactments. I'll tell you what was cool was, and it's got to be much closer because New Zealand's much smaller. Well, what is New Zealand like versus England versus the UK? Uh, I think UK is smaller than New you Zealand. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Um, going up when I was uh, in Edinburgh last year, I got to go to the Highlands and parts of the Highlands we were out was where they shot scenes from Skyfall. Oof, yeah. And you can see it. You go, okay, I can imagine that would be that scene there. So it'd be cool to go there and just sort of on foot and kind of be like, hey, let's do all this sort of... Uh, I'd be well up for just going up to the Highlands on like a train trip and just like walking around a bit. I'm not really one for... I'd have to find a place to like stay. No. So I'm not going there in a day and just come back. That'd be cool. But it would be cool. Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, we've got... Uh, Aragorn gets caught in the saddle of an orc beast. I think they called it a wolf. Yeah. And is carried over... A warg. Sorry? warg warg and uh it's carried over the edge and turns out it's just a drop and water so everyone thinks that he's dead yoan leads the people to helms deep and the kids meet up with their mother didn't see that happening the mom surviving who sends him off because that place is on fire like 30 seconds later yep uh small note about the horses about two to three hundred horses were used in the trilogy because most of the scenes involving horses are intense battle scenes where the horses could likely be harmed. A horse and rider were fitted with the same type of suit that Andy Circus wore for his role and were filmed in the studios doing typical battle things like galloping and rearing up. So the footage could be inserted digitally into the battle scenes. That way, no horses were hurt. At other points, I did hear them say that they also had like spears made of like cardboard tube. Oh, okay. So nothing could go wrong. So even if it, so it, was a bit, it seems like a lot of trouble was made was meant sorry a lot of trouble was gone to in order to make sure that the animals were safe good that's good good because i didn't like to see the horses get hurt or the elephants no there's some stuff i forget when we, we did braveheart how that worked out because there's a couple shots where the horse gets like hurt yeah and you're like how'd they do that yeah so even when the horses are dead at the end of the battle of helms deep uh any dead horses are polystyrene oh so okay good uh, cry me a single tear I've got in my notes here Grima is saying it would take an army of tens of thousands to break Helm's Deep and Saruman shows him what's behind door number two <laughs> which is it's like 20,000 soldiers and when he sees it he's so shocked a tear falls from one of his eyes this was not in the script it's something unusual that the actor can do at will and wow. he and the filmmakers said this would work well for the scene uh, when Aragon uh, was uh, during a take when he's floating down the river he was dragged underwater for many seconds he managed to kick himself back up off a rock perhaps saving his life a safety team then rescued him and took him to shore and I guess it, get back on the water we didn't get the take <laughs> yeah um, I got this in my dialogue in my notes and I'm curious what whatever people's experience was here it is in the scene where Aragon is washed him off the shore off the river they fell into when the warg oh there it is dragged him off the cliff and Arwen comes to him in a dream to revive him the dialogue was originally in English but Liv Tyler was entranced by the elvish language and since both characters and cast members knew how to speak it she talked Sir Peter Jackson to let them translate the script for that scene everyone agreed it turned out better that way the, uh, better her way than the way it was originally planned all oh, that's really funny because i found this and turned on my subtitles and it said may the grace of the valar protect you in english <laughs> so i don't know many else's it was all english for me yeah 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 
It's <laughs> funny. I just, I'm like, oh, so I had it ready to go. I had it in my notes, and then I'm like, oh, this is the scene. Okay, great. And then I'm like, I know what says at the start, may the may the grace, but what's the rest of it? And so I turned subtitles on. I went flippity dippity. <laughs> bunch of liars. That's funny. Uh, Aragon is then revived by kisses from a horse. Uh, do you know what? Right, that was lovely. That it must be the horse he takes. It must be that one because that nudges him with his nose. Uh, it gets down on his. On his <laughs> and he's kind of like mm, Arwen. It's kind of funny in a film that needed a few funny moments. <laughs> yeah. It was a really lovely moment. It was. Elrond then tells Arwen. Elrond, of course, is uh, Agent Smith. Yeah, Mr. Anderson. That's right. Tells Arwen that Aragorn will always be mortal. Flash forward to him as an old man dying as a, as a king. Mm. So that's the best case scenario. And she'll mourn him forever. Elrond. Then Elrond goes, don't I have your love? I'm like, that's a bit creepy, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a Just a bit. <laughs> uh, I've got my nose. She's not bad here. I think if you could heavily edit her sequences... <laughs> if you can do that <laughs> she's a passable actress <laughs> she ain't done too bad uh kate blanchett catches us about on some plot this is all kate blanchett going on in this film sauron's to take on the men this is kind of her going here's the intermission of the film let's recap what we've done so far <laughs> uh sauron's to take on the men also an update on frodo he's not doing so well he'll probably die uh which is a yeah pretty much and um she says of a likelihood the men will turn on frodo and we meet faramir brother of boromir played by a much less charismatic david wenham where have i seen him i have no idea i don't think i've seen him anything because yeah he was not very charismatic was he no very young Mm. very young uh frodo and sam introduce themselves to faramir Faramir discovers that Frodo knew Boromir, but didn't know. Uh, but Frodo didn't know that Boromir was dead, which is because Faramir wants some information on this. That's Sean Bean, right? Yes. Yep. He's about to kill Smeagol when Frodo tricks him. Uh, by him, I mean Smeagol, into coming to Faramir, who's then rough with him. And this is what breaks Smeagol's faith in him. And you, I don't blame Smeagol for this. No. No. But he was going to get killed anyway. Yeah, he saves him. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a lost, lost situation. Yeah. yeah. Faramir uses his sword to play with the ring. And actually, not him, but a trained swordsman, because he refused to do it. Yeah, I don't blame It him. was so close, he's like, I'm not doing that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, go on. <laughs> it's just the lead. <laughs> <laughs> we can get another Elijah. We can, we can change him for in film three. Uh, the role of Frodo Baggins will now be played by <laughs> Frankie Muniz. <laughs> He's Frankie Moon. He's the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can, I don't want that. He can, he can tell Mr. Sam, you're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. That song was huge. Yep. Uh, what was the name of the band, you know? Uh, and it's not my life isn't fair. Where's the key? <laughs> oh, that's going to bug me. That's going to bug me because I knew that. Yep. Um, Farmer orders the ring will go to Gondor to help fight Saruman because people are dying and so he sees the ring as a chance to even the the field and some keen information but we're not going to say it now uh, Aragorn re- returns to Rohan well Helm's Deep I've got Legolas sees him and says you look terrible it's a nice moment uh, Gimli's like so like I'm so happy you're back he's like woo uh, whereas Eowyn is very happy but then sees the trinket and goes oh <laughs> He's still into his old girlfriend. I wish he'd stay dead. 
<laughs> Come back, be with me. Uh, Aragorn then enters the throne room, and it's this great like double door push open. It's in, I've got my notes. Any movie is a really niche category. Epic. Top five room entrances it's of all time. Epic. All time. It's almost as good as um, Brandon Lee pushing the doors open in the crow. Yeah, it's like it's like on that level though. It's There's a few level. that are like, okay, that's an entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really good in that one. Yep. Um, Theoden tells Aragorn that they're all alone. No one's helping us. I'm not going to send messages to Gondor or anywhere else. We don't have friends like you do. Where were they? Well, how do you know unless you send for help? Exactly, yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Treebird's telling us there's going to be a gathering. <laughs> Before the battle, we have a montage of family saying goodbye at Helm's Deep. You know what? If this is done well, I never get tired of this sort of trope. The women and the children are going to go going to go hide. Yeah. The men, most of whom aren't real soldiers, are going to get their kit. And they're going to go ahead and get prepared to fight. Oh, yeah, some yeah, are yeah. too young, some are too old, and yeah. they're saying goodbye, not sure if you're going to see each oh, other again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is always good for me. It's very heart rendering. Yeah, if it's done right, and yeah. if the score's good, you can tell so much story without saying a word. Yep. Yeah. Um, Legolas speaks some hard truth in Elvish. They are all going to die. <laughs> At which point, Aragon in English says, that I shall die as one of them. And I'm like, why are you swapping between the two? Dude, 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 we were doing it in Elvish for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to know. Theoden has a crisis of courage, and he asks, how did it all come to this? And I've got my notes. Well, you let Aragorn convince you to spare that guy's life that one time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the only step on the journey. That's and how then, it's happened. And then decided that they're going to go to wherever the place yep. is. Yep. Why didn't he stay and fight? You just could have whispered to one of your guys, get on a horse and stab him. <laughs> like, I'm going to tell Eric, yeah, Follow yeah, him. yeah, we let him go. <laughs> <laughs> we let him go. <laughs> we let him go. <laughs> Come find me later with Wendy's. <laughs> when you bring me my Wendy's, I know the job is done. Uh, uh, Aragon tells a young man, there's always hope. And he says, hey, don't worry about it. It's a good sword. And then he goes from that room to a different room. He gives up his sword. The room he goes. No, he he asks the kid for his sword and then gives the sword back. Oh, okay. And then he goes in this other room. And this room's like gold. And it's like, oh, there's hope in this room. (laughs) There wasn't any hope out there. It was all blue and like miserable. shiny. Oh, it's good here. Um, And then there's a horn. And we're like, that's, and Legolas is like, that's not an orc horn. No, it's an elves horn. The elves are here, including some skinny elf i've never seen before and he wished he hadn't come later on was was he in the first one james was that was was the leader of the elves he's there the, he's the leader of the elves in the wooden elves in the first one where, where they meet um came that dance character he's the he's the other guy they're banking on a lot that i'm gonna remember this you know what i mean yeah absolutely i, I just see a guy thankfully they're color-coded right because men can wear whatever color they want. The elves have to wear blue. It's just what they do. It's just their code. It's what they do. <laughs> it's a code. <laughs> uh, there's a great visual joke. <laughs> like they're panning to everybody getting ready, and there's a pan of everybody behind the ramparts of the of the castle. Yeah. And then you see, like, uh, you see the king's face. You see Legolas's face. And you pan, you get just the top That's of Gimli's helmet. <laughs> That's great. This is a great view. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Legolas does offer to get him a box to stand on. Uh, <laughs> another all-timer shot, Legolas D Blades. It's a profile shot mm. that was used a lot and stuff. It's another great shot. 
I've got another another grumble. Well, no, I'll talk about grumble later. Oh, yeah. Well, I just you know the you know where you see, see the whites of their eyes kind of thing and wait till you see them and blah 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 yeah. and all that business. One guy shot an arrow into yes. him so far away. Yes. yes, but you know you you know why, right? Why? Because we're told like all of them are either they've seen too many winters or not enough. He's an old fella. He shouldn't be there. He's not a he's not a professional soldier. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. He's so nervous. He doesn't mean to fire it. Yeah. He's just that wound. Yeah, but he, yeah, but if they can reach that far, why are they not firing? Keep, oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Before I they this. get there. I don't know. You figure if you're an archer, distance is your friend. Don't yeah. let him get close. Because they got them. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. They got them, the, the thingy gun uh, arrow. Yeah. Plus, like, whatever training program they have, spot on. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, he gets the orc, like, in the eye or the shoulder or something. Like, it's a good shot. Yeah. Like me, I'd probably hit the guy in front of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't. It would go like the arrow would stay in my hand and the bow would fly and land on the ground below. And I'd be like, okay, I'm throwing arrows the rest of the battle. <laughs> you know the people behind them, but they get thrown, shooting the arrows over them. That's some trust, isn't it? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, I want to be in the back. Yeah. Because I'd be the guy who'd make a shot, turn and go, yeah. <laughs> And just like eat an arrow. <laughs> yeah. That's totally what I would do. Um, we said that already. Uh, so the orcs have black blood. As a result, you need to have black um, mouths. So they had to swill a licorice based mouthwash uh, prior to each scene. Disgusting. Um, on the walls of Helm's Deep during the battle, I don't know if you noticed this, there was one guy turns around, he's just got one eye, and the other eye was just like an empty socket. Yes. Obviously a, a real deal. Um, the was performer... It, was it? That was 3D. No, the performer I'm who played 3D. him showed up as an extra wearing an eye patch. See, uh, Peter Jackson politely asked, do you mind if I see what's underneath the patch? Um, the guy kind of reluctantly kind of showed him and said, would you be interested in appearing in the movie without the eye patch? And again, he's like, mm. he's a little bit self-conscious, but said afterwards, the experience made him more comfortable with his, with his condition uh, and living like that outside the movie. So yeah, good. Oh, uh, good on him. I thought I was CGI'd. Okay. Speaking of CGI, I got some help. CGI. I got, I got some, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you, so you thought it was not a CGI, but a CG lack of eye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got some stuff on Helm's Deep I got to talk about here. It's quite a bit. Yeah, go for it. So when Alan Lee joined the project in late 1997, Helm's Deep was the first structure he was tasked to design. At first, he did one at 1 to 35 scale. It was one of the first miniatures built for the film. It was part of a 45-minute video that sold the project to New Line. Primarily drawn through an illustration Lee had once done for the book, through the curved wall featured in the film was proposed by fellow illustrator and designer John Howe. This was used in the film for wide shots, and Jackson used this miniature to plan the battle using 40,000 toy soldiers. Wow. What are you going to do? We're going to go play in the movie. You're not playing in the movie. You're just playing, playing with your soldiers. You're just playing soldiers. That's a reason why this is taking over a year to shoot, Peter. <laughs> Stop playing with the soldiers. Start playing your movie. Just one more go. <laughs> I'm going to win this time. <laughs> oh, it's dawn of day five. <laughs> Uh, Helm's Deep, a pivotal part of the film's narrative, was built at Dry Creek Quarry with a gate ramp and a wall, which included a removable section as well as a tower on a second level. A second miniature, one-fourth of the scale, uh, it ran 50 feet wide, was used for forced perspective shots, as well as the major explosion sequence. The filming took three months 
with most of the nightmare shots handled by John Mahaffey. Some injuries were sustained, including Mortensen chipping his tooth. That's here. Bernard Hall, the king, his ear getting slashed. Ooh. It also featured 500 extras who insulted each other in Maori. Maori being the language of, I believe, well, the Maori tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe these are uh, aboriginals to, in the, I could be wrong. Of, I don't know if it's wrong. Of New Zealand, yeah. But these are, yeah, people who are indigenous to that region of the world. Yep, yep. Um, See, if Ethan was on here, he would. He could confirm. He would confirm. Uh, an improvised scene such as the Uruk High. Uh, there was alleged annoyance amongst the film's crew for the strength of the gates, which were claimed to be too reinforced during the battering ram scene. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Mortensen greatly respected the stunt team and headbutted them off on as a sign of respect. The film in the helm's deep sequences was so grueling, went on for so many months that Jackson gave all the extras a free T-shirt. Well, gee, thanks. Wow. To commemorate the experience, there were so many extras that they would often recognize each other wearing the shirts in New Zealand's major. That's fantastic. And they said on the front, I survived Helm's Deep, but the letter M was struck out, so I survived Hell's Deep. Yeah. Two versions existed, one in black with red printing that read Lord of the Rings Uruk High Battalion, meaning the orcs. The other was in blue with silver printing that read the Lord of the Rings Elf Regiment. Mm. So, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have impressive structures. They're miniatures they build, aren't they? Yeah. Very impressive. That's the sort of something that George Lucas was bit like that. That's when. So that's when, when, you, when, you, good. when you move from miniatures to like full size digital, that's when that's when he loses his scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Legolas and Gimli are having a competition about who can kill the most. I really appreciated that. It's, that a, sh- was it's a shame funny. it was in the first two minutes of the battle. That was funny. Yeah, I've killed two. They should have kept coming 19. back to each other and trading <laughs> and trading numbers. I've killed just- two. <laughs> I didn't catch what Gimli said. I just caught him going 17, 18, 19. He goes, I've killed two. two. What have you got? 17. And then when he's got up the ladder, he's going, He gets as high as 19. Six, yeah. seven, eight. Oh, jeez. They should have kept meeting up and trading numbers. Oh, brilliant. Uh, back to the trees. They've agreed that Mary and Pippin are not orcs. Oh. but say we can't be part of your of your fight back to the battle theoden's talking awfully big about he's like sarabin is that all you've got i'm like okay oh, dude. careful here you billy big boots it. yeah jeez <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm running the like gimli back in go put him back under a spell yeah at least then we know why he's being an ass <laughs> jeez um right then the orcs blow the wall to smithereens I got my notes. Maybe Aragorn shouldn't have let Wormtongue go after all. No. no. Uh, Gimli jumps from the top rope and takes out a bunch of orcs on the that bottom. That was quite funny. That was funny. It's like, woohoo! He's like <laughs> <laughs> a little Rottweiler, isn't he? The trees tell Mary and Pippin to go home. Mary tells Pippin there's not going to be a home left. Dominic Monaghan got a lot of good lines in this film, actually. He did, he did. He's the stronger yeah. of the two as an actor, oh, though. Can we agree with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The other one's playing second. The other one's just setting them up for the lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The head elf falls as Aragorn's telling everyone to fall back to the keep. They go to shut the door. The door of Helm's Deep was so heavy and so well reinforced that the real battering ram that was built to knock down the gates failed to do so until the door was weakened. (laughs) Someone had built the door a little bit too strong, and Peter Jackson on the extended edition DVD commentary said, if I ever had to defend a castle, I would want the guys we had from here to build the door. Absolutely. Uh, Aragorn throws grimly. To, so they kind of as a side entrance. 
Yeah. There's this weird side. Said, Shh, don't tell anybody we were side <laughs> entrance. And they go through. And like he's like, you're going to have to th- push me. And he goes, what? He goes, push me. He says, but don't tell the dwarf, uh, the elf. And so he grabs him. He kind of throws his buddy into like 50 orcs. I'm what like, cool bullshit. I'm oh, throwing him. He'd have been dead within moments. Yeah. Jeez. And then he jumps across as well. And we're kind of. We're kind of um, trained in the thought of the orcs are being born and bred to fight and never give up and stop, right? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see later, shall we? Okay. <laughs> um, the trees are... Oh, no, am I ahead of myself? I am. Theoden calls for a retreat back into the inside. Pippin calls an audible, and they go south, not west, home. This forces the tree tree beard to come and see the, the, the forest that's been chopped down, and this lets him go, okay, enough's enough, and he's going to fight Saruman. Um, Faramir refuses to release Frodo over in Isengard. The trees happen to be going to Isengard. That's handy. Mm. Sam finally tells Faramir what happened to Boromir and says, look, your brother died because he was trying to kill, kill Frodo. Is that who you want to be? Aragorn asks the Odin to ride out with him in like one last bout of glory. And then all of a sudden the sun comes up and he goes, you hear it. I will be there on the fifth day. <laughs> I will be sitting there all night long going, if we can just hold out till dawn, everybody. We'll be good. My boy Gandalf showing up. Don't know what he's bringing with him, but he'll be back. But there's always, whenever the sun comes up, there's always that hope, isn't there? There's always the blight, the, the something, isn't there? Yeah. The sun will come out tomorrow. Let your bottom dollar that tomorrow, tomorrow. there'll be sun. And Gandalf <laughs> with an army. And Billy the Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he lives up to his name. Gandalf's a soup. <laughs> um and so they ride and they kick some butt and then gandalf shows up with billy the butcher and they ride down into the gully meanwhile at isengard the trees are starting to do some damage no one considers lighting the match i've got and we're like oh wait hang on someone just lit one on fire i there just we said the same thing fair yeah. enough they break the dam that gives off some relief to the tree that's on fire at least but it drowns the orc station below um frodo sees a dragon rider and goes to put the ring on him he walks by all these orcs who just let him walk by yeah he's probably, lot- the, probably the pub going hey bill you said that he walked right by he, he walked right by me yeah bill's always saying he walked by him there's when you're in such a battle like that right there's so much going on do you really have time to talk you know when you when you're in battles and stuff and see people die and hold i don't them know and, do you know what i mean it's just like phew, it's just a free-for-all, isn't it? I'm bloody damn lucky I would think so. When I'm playing paintball, I'm I'm shooting my own people. Like, I'm just that scared, right? <laughs> you just had the <laughs> Paintball. I had the <laughs> worst experience with paintball the first time I did it. I was playing paintball, and I was terrified of getting hit. I didn't know how much it would hurt, <laughs> right? Didn't know how much it would hurt. And we're out there, and I get hit, and the first one goes right off my flipping nipple. <laughs> And that really hurts. (laughs) So at this point now, I'm just terrified of getting hit. So I'm shooting everybody. These are some high-powered guns. My buddy, Luke, meanwhile, he was wearing a white tank top, right? What some people might call a wife beater in different, uh, you know what I mean? That sort of like. vest. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just see him as as, as like a white streak just running through the trees. (laughs) So he took it off, but then was, so he's just bare chested. And now he's terrified (laughs) because he's just bare, like everything's just pure skin. 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was just shooting everybody as well. So our games weren't lasting that long. <laughs> Anything with shooting, I hate. Not because I'm anti-war. I just suck at it. I don't like things I'm not good at. So I'm not good at first-person shooters. I'm not good at paintball. I just want to, when can we end and go have coffee? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'd be that one hiding behind a tree <laughs> and then jump out at you. <sighs> bang, bang. So on a school trip once back in the day, and it was like, we're going paintball. Great. And then at the end, it always happens. All right, everybody against the teachers. And it doesn't matter how many times you shoot someone, they ain't stopping. No. They're not going, oh, you got me and walking down. So you all, it, it, it always ends up the same. You end up kind of just like, like trying to like just huddle up and just like cover all the important parts, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, just after, just like, just tell me when it's over. <laughs> and he just welts everywhere. <laughs> it's brutal. For days. Uh, where are we at Brilliant. here? Uh,. Frodo with a great shot of him about this. Oh, so Sam tackles Frodo and saves him. And the the dragon gets shot by the arrows of Faramir and his boys. Yeah. Frodo with a great shot of him about a stab of camera lens. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great shot, though, of him like above, like going to stab it. Great point of view shot. Sam is eternally patient. Sam's a great friend. He is so great good. Great friend. Yeah. Frodo says he can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And Sam says, hey, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. Absolutely. Tell you what, you're right in more than one way. Yep. Because this was a knob, the fact that there was a deviation in the screenplay had taken from the book storyline. In the book, Sam and Frodo never go through this town. Yeah. <laughs> so by rights, we shouldn't even be here. Works on two levels. That's brilliant. Yeah. Sam then does a monologue about how the end can, how can the end be happy in stories when there's so much darkness and death that takes place? He says, those are the stories that stay with you. Mm. That's when you go through things. And Frodo says, what are we holding on to? And Sam says, we're holding on to the idea there's still some good left in this role, Mr. Frodo. And that it's worth fighting for. And, uh, yeah, I'm with Sam. And also, you also got to remember, right, he was hooked on every word that Bilbo would talk about his adventures, wouldn't he? Now, his adventures weren't all happy and great. They were dark and doom and gloom and everything else. He's now going through the dark, doom and gloom and everything else. So when he gets back to the Shire and he starts talking about the stories. It's difficult because the version of Bilbo we get number one is a very braggadocious Bilbo. Yes. Yeah. So how much how much of it is the true, true stories? A bit up for grabs, I from, think. Yeah. 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 Faramir is told by his buddy, your life, you know the rules of our land? Your life will be forfeited if you release Frodo. Okay, A, that's a really convenient line to throw in there. Yep. What law do you have? What is this? (laughs) But I guess this is why he couldn't let him go the whole movie, so we don't hate him. I think he's a fairly big part of number three as well, Faramir. Faramir's the greatest brother who ever was. I don't remember. I believe he's incorruptible, if memory serves. That Boromir is the one who is a little bit weak. Oh, but Faramir fights with this notion of his brother, but he never actually gets really tempted for the ring for himself. Not really. Is there one part in this? Yeah. There is one part. He, he talks about it. Almost does. What, in this one? No, the next one. In the next one? I'll, I'll, I'll defer to James de Guzman, our knowledge base of all things Middle uh, Earth. Faramir's is like the brother that just couldn't do thing, and he's like the hero, and he's the only one in his father's eyes. And Faramir is always trying to live up to uh, Boromir. That's it, yeah. And he just has like all, all these fathers trying to live up to his father's expectations and always failing. 
Yeah, the irony so is that's, that he, that's a big part in the third one. The irony is that Dad loves Boromir, but Boromir was actually a, like like, yeah. like the weaker one morally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Faramir can't seem to like live up to him. Yes, sad. There there's actually um, in the extended edition. There's a scene where they bring Sean Bean back, where they um, they hear the father hears about oh, they're bringing the council for the ring, and they hear. Oh, we're having some technical difficulties again. Back, but then suck. I'm gonna take the ring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. we're oh, we're, 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 we're hurting a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said about we did catch a bit about Sean Bean and how he was brought back for an extended shot. I know he filmed some stuff, but it got cut. But it was stayed, stayed in the in the extended r- version. You say that his remains were brought back. I think that's about as much as we got. Can you try it again? That um, there was like a big battle, and then and, uh, well, the father comes to. Comes to uh, Boromir, tell him that, that to go to the council for the and basically his dad just shoots him down and says that you can't do anything and Boromir is going to do everything. Oh, all right, yeah. Um, where are we at here? We've got uh, Gandalf's line near the end, declaring the battle of Helm's Deep is over. The battle of Middle Earth is about to begin. Is paraphrased from Part One of Sir Winston Churchill's most famous speeches of World War Two saying, quote, the Battle of France is over. I expect the Battle of Britain is about to begin. Ooh. All of our hopes now lie with two little hobbits. Now, that's not said by Winston Churchill. <laughs> that I'd like to hurt. Sam and Frodo make up, which is important. We have to leave them on good terms. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Smeagol's back under the control of Gollum, and we find out to us, because they don't know, he plans to kill both hobbits and take the ring. And there's the fear for number three. And we end with this shot of, you know, Gollum saying, hurry, hobbits, this way. It's still quite a way to go. And we sort of pan up and see, yeah, it's still quite a distance now. Mm-hmm. One last trek up to Mordor. Mordor. And that is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Well done, ye. And we are in the end game now. I'll say this: that last forty-five minute battle sequence resulted in a lot less typing than the first two hours did. I did say when I was watching, <sighs> I said uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of uh, less typing with the battle. Yeah, <laughs> they keep fighting. There we go. Um, the end game. Uh, Liam, we got a guest today, but it's it's sort of business as usual. So, random word, my friend. Random word. Um, uh, ooh, arrow. Arrow. Yeah. Quite like that. Yeah. Arrow. See what you guys can do. If this is your first time listening, uh, all you do is uh, you go follow us or just catch up with us on Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. We release uh, a hashtag BFE Random Word if you want to search for it there. You can then submit your GIF of the week using the word arrow. Yeah. And that's when we decide who wins next week. So there we are. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the money, money, money. $94 million budget. What is this taking home, Liam? $94 million. That seems... Well, they must have made... 430 $430. James? Uh, $300. Oh, you're, you're both ridiculously low. I was going to say, it's a lot, isn't it? 94 Just basically add a zero to it. $947.9 oh. million. Dollars. Wow. Yeah. No wonder they want to drag this out. Six Oscar nominations, 
Oh, cinematography? No. Editing? Yes. Music? No. Costume? Uh, no. Ooh. Uh, actors? Or no? No actors. No, no, no. No, it's too much of an ensemble. Costume? Or do you see that? Costume said, not costume. You're in the right idea. Uh, something to do with the armory. It gets nominated for best art direction. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. Which is typically like uh, settings and things like settings and props. Yep. Best film editing, we said. Yep. Best sound. Yep. Best sound editing. Oh, okay. Best visual effects. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the big one, best picture. It does win two best sound editing, best visual effects. Oh, cool. So there we go. Yeah. So Peter Jackson and Barry M. Osborne, the producer, actively campaigned for Andy Serkis to receive an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for the part of Smeagol slash Gollum. Academy regulations insist you must appear on screen. His spit did? That's not his person. Uh, and probably for a significant, I don't know, Jack Palance, I think, still is the record for the least amount of time on screen. I reckon he did appear, you know, because there's some bits where Gollum's arm was holding um, uh, Frodo or Sam, I, and that looked like a real arm. I think it has to be your entire personage. Oh, okay. So um, anybody who's trying to already get ahead of the game for uh, Bradley Cooper to win it for uh, for <laughs> Guardians 3, no. Rocket. Yeah. No, it's got to be, it seems you got to be a person on screen. Okay, okay. So there's the reason for that. Um, what's the body count? Jeez. It has to be actual physical deaths that we see. Liam. Including in the battle. Jeez. Yep. Um, three and a half thousand. Three and a half thousand. James. Um, let's go five thousand. You're all really high. Four hundred and sixty nine. Oh, oh, really? Active deaths. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, to be fair, at any point. Well, I guess it's hard. It's hard. I want to know the logic because the record we said was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I think because we saw there was someone in all those little space ship things. Yeah. And then when it gets broken through that mesh, all those seem to be a large number of it. I'm kind of curious. I really don't want to be that person who does all the counting. Let's do the casting for the film, shall we? Who would you cast as who? Uh, Ethan's got to be Frodo. Frodo. It just is, isn't it? Yep. Um, I would be quite happy. Well, I don't know. I'll let you sort of decide for that. Uh, I think. I think. Um, I think you'd be uh, the dwarf. Yeah, Gimli. That's who Gimli. I was going to go for. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, if I could also voice Treebeard as well, I'd be well up for that. Because um, you've you've got he's quite funny. Yeah, and you are funny naturally. I so. can see myself scurry. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm also a great sprinter. I'm not good over <laughs> long distances. <laughs> Uh, there's a great visual joke when they're all getting like their chain mail put on and then he puts his on and it's like half uh, it's yeah. laid on the ground he goes a little tight in the chest <laughs> not the length um, I don't know George is probably a good what was the girl's name who was uh, oh the Yowen yeah yeah she'd be good Yowen, for that yeah. oh yeah she would yeah um, you know the girl who wants to fight but they won't let her fight yeah yeah, that, be yeah good for that's, Georgia. that's Georgia yeah uh, Jay, uh, you and James, uh, you would be, you'd be, you'd, you'd be Aragon. You would. I like that. You'd be uh, Aragon. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Aragon. Yeah. Uh, and then James would be, ooh, I can go, I can go negative. I can go positive here. I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> what's available? 
I kind of, I kind of want James to be showing up at the right end. I want James to be the guy who whispers in the king's ear. (laughs) 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 Grima Wormtongue or whatever his name is. Uh, He's good character. I tell you what, he's what I would go for if I was an actual thing. I'd be well up for that. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. They're always the better characters to play, though, aren't they? I, yeah, I do like playing the weasel. I mean, but usually it's a usually I play a likable weasel. I don't usually play like flat out villain 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 yeah i've done it a couple you, times you'd enjoy the villain villain oh i would like judd fry she, you, you were in of course the, the story is you were in san francisco at the oh, time. i was in san fran yeah but uh probably the most fun i've ever probably a the most fun and be the highest accolades i've ever gotten it was that and cookie oh it's a totally different part altogether absolutely um yeah i think for james i think that's where i'm going um you're not old enough to play gandalf or saruman no, um, which then causes. No. <laughs> I mean, you, you you can play one of the hobbits. You can be Sam. You can be maybe a good Sam. I wouldn't mind Sam. Yeah. See, I Sam. wouldn't mind being Sam either. Actually, no. so Sam's one that yeah, Sam, Sam's good. I see a lot of value in Sam. Without Sam, Frodo wouldn't get as far as he's got. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so not a fan of Frodo at all. No, me either. Like, I've never once. And don't get me wrong. Like, like um, Elijah Wood does. He's all right. He's good. But I've never gone. Oh man, good thing we had Elijah Wood in that role. No. But I've gone, Sean, like, when we get to number three, I'm going to push hard that Sean Astin should win an Oscar for that. Mm. I think Sean Astin is amazing in number three. I can't remember too much about Oh, he's the heart of the film. I'm going to. He's the heart of the film. I'll find out out next year. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to watch it between now and then. (laughs) I I hear Ethan's got a school project. (laughs) Already. (laughs) Well, we love Ethan. What are we at here? Does this film have a villain problem? Kind uh, of, because... Saruman's too old. Yeah. Sauron's not not there. So then your villains just become just like this never-ending pile of orcs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really feeling it. No. It's weird, isn't it? So then Smeagol almost by default becomes like a villain in your film. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Is Faramir a villain? Well, not really, but for portions he is. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit all over the place. Boy. That's my take. I don't know. What, what, what's yours, James? Yeah, I think you're right. With They're just like a bunch of obstacles, not really like a central villain in this in this movie, at least. But yeah. on the flip side, yeah, this isn't, this, is most, this isn't supposed to be anything besides the middle chapters of a book. Mm. So it, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what should this film have been called? Give it a better subtitle than The Two Towers. Two towers. It should have been called Endless Supply of Arrows. Battle of Helm's Deep. <laughs> Battle of Helm's Deep's not bad. Well, that's good, yeah. Because Helm's Deep's not the natural endpoint in the novel. They they travel a little bit further, but it would it would felt really anticlimactic to go do anything else and then just stop. So Helm's Deep's the natural place to stop it because it's a big victory. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the stakes for the next movie, and now we're out. And you got you got one last year to wait for it. The Orc Illustrated Battle. <laughs> I, I hope one of the orcs was called mork <laughs> mork mork from mork that's funny uh oh oh jeez i was just saying take a walk on the white side but it just sounds like 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 white supremacy <laughs> so i'm trying to stay away yeah, from that but i was trying to, I was trying to go like gandalf I'm like back gandalf. in black but like white yeah uh because mm-hmm. the two towers i mean the fellowship of the ring does what it says in the tin agreed yeah but, but the fellowship of the ring why is it return two of the king 
is the return of the king. Yeah. That's what it says in the tin. The two towers is just like some passing reference. Saruman's got a tower. Sauron's got a tower. That's the two towers. Oh, is that, mm, but it doesn't really mean anything, does it? The eye in the sky. The eye in the sky. Oh... <laughs> uh, Frodo makes a friend. <laughs> it's like friends. Dude. The one where Frodo makes a friend. Gollum too far. Oh. Um, um, what? Whose story is it? Gollum's. Oh, that's really interesting. You think so? Yeah. For, for me, it felt that way. See, I think, three's, I think three's his story. Oh, do you? I don't remember three that well. Three opens up with his origin story. Oh, okay. So it's how he goes from being one of the river folk to being Gollum. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, right, that sounds familiar, yeah. And then it ends with, spoiler, Gollum dies. <gasps> yeah. So. <sighs> he's, he's very... But I also number three Sam story, too, so it's really difficult for me. I think the thing is with this one, I think there's um, a lot of Gollum in this, um, and he stands out as a character, like, yards above a lot of other characters. Because number one's Frodo's story. Without question, number one's Frodo's story. Mm-hmm. It's number two Aragon's story? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I would, it focuses a lot of him in, in on his on that side of the movie, like the whole Helm's Deep thing. Like the Helm's Deep is the most important part of the movie. Yeah, Aragon's the one most closely related to it. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I'd argue that. Um, what is the story? Morning Glory. Uh, keep on running. Need a little time to wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Well, what's the story? Hey, it's Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) He's a pinball wizard. Oh, where am I going with this? Mm. (sighs) I'm trying not to be cynical. I think the story's like... if, if we split some of the three movies, we can make a lot of money. Yeah. It's, I think it's not it's, redemption, because redemption's... Uh, who gets redeemed? Like, if, if I... The king does not get redeemed in this movie no, at all. Not, he comes across as a bit of an arrogant... Even at the end, yeah. he's like, oh, all right, well, let's die for, for, for honor and glory. He's like, nope, let's die to inspire your people. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh. He makes all the wrong turns. Yeah. I don't know. It takes a long time. Uh, you know what I learned from this? Forward. You know what I learned from this? Everybody can benefit from a, from a good GPS. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, you got to hang out with like you know trees. former river people and trees, and you don't know where you're going. Nah. Okay, what should have been on the soundtrack to this movie? Um, without question, Here you co- gotta fight don't, for don't. your right to party. <laughs> for the party part, jeez. <laughs> Uh, if we assume that it's a Saturday night, I can do Saturday night's all right for fighting. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Uh, without question, you need Here Comes the Sun. Oh, do, 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 do. Brilliant song. And it's all right. Because <laughs> Gandalf's Gandalf here, here, here. friend, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a kind of magic. Yeah, magic. 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 <laughs> One battle. <laughs> this time we're at Helm's Deep. Uh, uh, let the body hit the floor. Oh, that's <laughs> not bad. That's good. Uh, uh, 
Oh, I have one. Oh, so there's this great song that goes, because it'll be you and me up in the trees and the forest will give us the answers, which is great. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of something to do with water. Mm. We, could the, we could do the opening the CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a swamp and then Horatio on his like, wow! <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's probably right, right, isn't it? C- CSI Middle Earth. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, what do we got here? We got uh, favorite character. Favorite. Oh, sorry. Music ones. Uh, Roll of women. Roll of women. Sorry. Uh, it's pretty pedestrian. Yeah, it's not. Women it's don't not get to bad. fight. No. We've got some strong women, but they're not being allowed to show what they can do. But it is hinting for a third movie. Hopefully, there's something going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Liv Tyler continues to be Liv Tyler. I'm gonna look pretty and look sad in the distance. But she's good at. Uh, but but Eowyn or whatever her name is, she's really good. She is Ma- really good. But Ma- Miranda get- Otto, I like her. She's also not like overly made up. She's just plain. Yeah, beautiful. I'd, yep. I'd like to have seen her had some sort of battle, whether it be like against yeah. like um, Earworm, whatever his name was. Yep. I'd like to have seen her sort of fight. If it was done now, they see, I think if it was done now, they would have gone too far. Yeah. And it would have been like. She would have been in there amongst them and. Yeah. Killing orcs. <laughs> wow. I did, you did 15 years of sword training i did wow we shouldn't overestimate you you're right you shouldn't underestimate me mm. so yeah um mm. that would be if it was in the mandalorian universe <laughs> um but no overall role of women i mean it's just hard there's not enough women really to speak of and the ones really. who do they're also kind of implicitly in competition with each other about aragorn yeah. Like she's like, oh, he's got his trinket from his girlfriend. What, the one he had before he met you? Yeah. The one that he never told you he got rid of. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Stupid. Um, let's talk about best character. I, I really, I've always liked Aragon, really. I think he does stupid moments like stopping the king killing earworm and stuff like that but that's, over- just, for, that's just for the story overall yeah. i mean he's he does the right thing he he's always there in the thick of it he's always there he's more of a leader isn't he he leads by default Aragon. yeah yeah he's the reluctant king it's why he should be king at the end yeah, yes yeah, yeah 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 and um i think that's quite endearing and the fact that he gets in and muscle in and you know he has some great moments with um the dwarf what's his name Gimli. Gimli. Yeah, he has some great moments with him. Um, yeah. He's my favorite. So Aragon, okay. Aragon, yeah. James. Um, mine is uh Smeagol. Just this all like his like trying to him trying to be better than him after he got caught by the man he just like that whole like creepy where he's like talking to himself but like all curled up in yeah. ball, just so creepy and just like him switching over to like wanting to kill them, even when even the Smeagol side wanting to kill the Frodo and them. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Gollum. Um, you think about the first one, we think we established everyone, and then number two, we have to introduce someone into that universe. And if you knew about it from The Hobbit, cool. Not that we had a movie version of it, but um, but even if you, this Gollum just jumps off and 
he's and I'm glad we didn't get him five years earlier because the technology wouldn't have been there yet. It's no. it's barely here now. Yeah, but it's possible. But it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Um, yeah, and he is. And you feel Frodo. You understand why Frodo feels sorry for him. Mm-hmm. You understand it. You, you, I'm probably more with Sam than I am with Frodo. But when he says, "But I understand why Frodo feels sorry for him." Yes, I think Frodo's wrong, but I understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then the bit where he's, you can see his inner turmoil, and he wants to be better. Yep, and then he gets burned. Like it's a bit in a in a film series that's quite vanilla in the sense the good guys are just oh I just believe in good and good you know Mr. Sam says I didn't believe there's still good out there and Sauron's just like I live evil <laughs> I listen to evil radio stations who do evil music while I play my evil video game you know I love evil you know that's actually a bit of nuance actually for Smeagol because he wants to be better than he is and he wants to believe he can find redemption. Yeah, and then this is the story of him having his heart broken. He's, 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 he's definitely a standout character. Yes. Yeah. So, there's my vote. Uh, let's go for best moment or element. Liam, you want to start off again? Uh, yes. Visually, this film is stunning. You know, like you said, with those aerial shots and everything, and you see them walking or running or you know, limping yeah. <laughs> or whatever, and the costumes just elevate it to another level, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I feel. I mean, even when you look at individual characters, I mean, they all have a little bit of sameness to them, but sure. but different. Like, like uh, Legless has, and the bow and arrow, and yeah. everything doesn't he? And he's got the long blonde hair, and you know, you got Aragon, who's kind of a stubbly, uh, gruff man's man long hair scraggly man's man despite having long hair yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and that really suits him to be fair yeah it does you see him with short hair like nah, nah it just seems wrong doesn't it yeah. or but clean shaven or clean shaven yeah 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 because yeah. honestly it visuals of this film is just mind blowing. and i remember at the time watching it thinking wow so what are you, you going with? Is it, is it costume design? Is that what you're going for? Uh, well, visuals in, in okay. costumes. Just, in, just the overall aesthetic of the film. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah the feel of it. All right. Uh, James? I'm going to go with the, the uh, sequences of Helm's Deep. Just the, for all, all the, whole, the whole scenes where I was never lost. Even though it was nighttime, I was never lost. I could follow what was going on. Like there was always, And there was in sequences. Where first it was like the arrows, then it was like the ladders, then it was like the big blue. It was just, it wasn't just like a giant battle with couldn't tell what's happening, where you can actually follow along what's going on. Mm. No, it I'm was with, really well edited. I'm with That's you, and I think game. things like uh, we talked about Game of Thrones a bit earlier. I think things like the Battle of King's Landing and those big Game of Thrones end of season battles have a lot to thank Game of Th- uh, Lord, Lord of the Rings for. I think they established the blueprint that everybody else you, is you going can off. Tell of. that, can't you, by yeah, watching it? Yeah. I think so. So I'm going to go with mine. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I was wondering if James was going to say it, so I'll go back there. I'm going to go back to um, the Gollum Schmeagel argument in the middle of the night. That's brilliant, isn't it? And just sort of evoking this whole moment, and we get to be privileged to it. No other character gets to see it, just us. Mm. And if you think about a way to show his inner turmoil, they could have gone about that a totally different way. And actually, I'm glad, because this will let me pivot to, I kind of want to talk about two, and this lets me do it, in the sense that the cinematography... 
for this film was so on point mm-hmm. that actually having, you know, bad Smeagol on the left, good Smeagol on the right, facing inward on both the terminations, and with different, slightly, just ever so slightly different angles. And, and he'd appear behind a rock the other way. And yeah, it was, it was Brilliant. just so well done. Mm. And it speaks to a film that's always knew where to put the camera. And in a way that it reinforces what James is saying, I'm not lost because the camera always knew where to put me, where I knew where everything was. Mm. Down to Sam looking at the ring in the first minute, and I went, I'm already impressed with the cinematography yeah, yeah. it's subtle maybe it's just i've just finished marking a bunch of coursework for a-level students <laughs> where they had to take photos and i saw some good and some really bad cinematography so i'm really paying attention on a granular level from that though to these big sweeping you know tourism board sort of landscape shots uh the camera was always in a place where it made me go this helps this adds something to the story yeah it's not just helping tell me the story it's adding to the story yeah so yeah that's my thing uh there uh next up we got grumbles grumbles liam what you got grumbles it's what i got (laughs) it's gonna be a grumbles not a grumble oh okay legless right shoots arrows he does shoot arrows now does he has an endless supply of these arrows (laughs) no matter how many arrows he uses he's still got a bag full behind him middle earth has uh it's kind of like a video game how there's like save points and when you go there you can like there's like item shops you can sort of like gather more stuff it's the same idea elf arrows yeah it's just it's just (laughs) mental and and the orcs are bred to to like basically fight to the, to the end, and yet they retreat at one point. They they pull back. They, I just I just don't. Uh... I think the idea of what are the orcs is a really interesting question. Yeah. are they mindless sort of drones, which they try and make out to? But then, in, but other points they scenes, give them, other they... points they give them personalities, yeah. and there's division in the ranks. And yeah, this one's a good leader. It's like, wait, hang on, what are the rules here? Because what are they thinking? Are they? Are they, are they going to have a life of their own afterwards? Are they going to set up a village? <laughs> Hope I can settle down, have a couple of kids. Honestly. And the big one, too long. My, my biggest grumble. I hear you, and I'm with you. What would you have cut? Uh, I'd have cut the trees. <laughs> you you would have got rid of the trees. Got rid of the trees. Well, the problem is the trees. So, okay, I think what you have to do, if you get rid of the trees... And I'm not opposed to this. If you get rid of the trees, you have to get rid of Faramir. Yeah. Or at the very least, you have to get rid of the battle with... You have to find a way to shut down the orc building station. Yeah. By Saruman. But you can do it, because I don't really care about Faramir and that is, second battle. We, I did. We kept coming back to these trees, and, you know, after about three quarters of the movie, they've just decided they're not orcs. All right. It just... It did feel like Merry and Pippin had just... We need them for movie three. Just have them hang just, out with just, the trees in the basically, middle. Basically, wasn't it? It was just weird. Okay. They just need trimming. I just think... <laughs> trimming? Like tr- <laughs> <laughs> they need the leaves cut. No, they just needed... Just It was too long. Okay. That's how it felt for me. Excellent. James. Oh, are you muted, buddy? I can't hear you. We can't hear you, James. Can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Yep, we gotcha. I have the opposite problem where the theatrical cut, because I'm so used to the extended cut, there's a lot of things that were either from the from the theatrical cut that just gave a lot more nuance to the, each of the characters. Like, Faramir in the theatrical cut is just a random soldier. I'll agree. F- Faramir if, comes up as nothing in this yeah. on, the, on the theatrical cut. You're, you're right. <laughs> yep. But if you watch the extended, you there's so much more like reasoning. But what, why why does he want to bring the ring to Gondor? Like, there's all these other things. And 
I have that's that, and then my other one is like you said with um, Mary Pittman. They're just kind of along for the ride because they're important in the third movie. Mm. Yep. Um, I go. I haven't really thought about this. Um, <laughs> it was a long watch today. It was a long. Watch. It was a long watch. I don't know if it's just because it's a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, all right, gonna sit down and watch a movie and take some notes. And I was by myself, and I'm just like, oh, it's just me and this movie screen for three hours. All right. Um, it felt daunting. That's weird, and that's not the movie's fault. It's not the movie's fault that I host a podcast and I'm going. It's daunting to sit down and take notes for three that's hours. That's how I felt, though. But it is daunting to sit down and take notes for three hours. Um, it's hard. I there there were subplots I don't care about, and whether it's because, like James has said, if you watch the extended cut, it gives it enough to flourish out. I didn't give a crap about. Faramir and the second battle and I'm just like okay this is something to get in the way of Frodo and Sam and Gollum going on the proper way to Mordor all right it's 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 a hurdle yeah Yeah. Uh, Helm's Deep I was in on but the problem here's my problem at no point does the king or anybody in that community give me a reason that I want to see them saved with the exception of the blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, and maybe like one of the soldiers who was like helping lead lead the charge afterwards. But like when the king's a jerk because like, you know, Buddy's in his ear, I'm like, all right, I get that. But then when he's a jerk when Buddy's no longer in his ear, yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't get that. Hey. Like my boys just freed you. Maybe take their advice on board. Because if, if, if they weren't around, yeah. you'd still be in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, and then just the, the, I know it's necessary for the narrative, but the number of people who, if you killed in the first moment you wanted to, how much better this movie turns out for you? Yeah. How many thousands die because, because, um, you know, Aragon won't let, won't let Theoden kill, um, Wormtongue. Yeah. Worm. yeah. yeah. So there we go. <laughs> Weird. Uh, best role ever. I mean, his best role ever. Um, Vigo. Uh, Vigo, as far as the three combined, absolutely. Well, um, I think what's his name is better in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Rhys yeah, Davis is better in other things. Mm-hmm. He's great in this, but he's better in other things. Um, Liv Tyler's better in other things. Yeah, she's better in Armageddon. Better in Armageddon was what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's hard with um Viggo Mortensen because I think Viggo's better in this. Well, if you've seen Green Book, that's pretty good. I haven't seen Green Book. Uh, it does win an Academy Award, so something to be said for that. That is pretty good. Yeah. No, I'll probably stick with that. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Aragon. Don't get me wrong; he's a great character, and I love him in these movies. And um, Viggo Mortensen does a great, great rendition of um arrogant but green book i think i because i only watched that probably about eight months ago and that had a big impact on me so yeah okay probably that um i don't know anybody else i really need to sort of think about too much on this well <laughs> what about um the one that everyone keeps forgetting is legless oh, i said he was better as uh as will turn oh okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 but he was such a non-essential part in this movie uh he's just long for the ride really isn't he bit of support yeah yeah this isn't his movie i agree with you there it's not, not his all, movie no and and to be honest with you i don't think i'd really missed him if he weren't in it do you know what i mean 
I do. All right, now it's time to see who else you would have missed if you weren't paying attention. That makes no sense, but here we go. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. I'm going to pick five because the cast is huge. I'm not doing all of them. Uh, let's. I'm doing this as of when the film was released in December of 2002. Okay, because it was one long shoot. It took over a year to film. So no matter what we say, it's not going to be accurate. We don't okay. know for sure when in the process it was filmed. Okay. So I'm going with that as my rule. So I'll go with a few, and we'll go from there. So if I go that, okay. Let's start with Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Liam, let's have you go first. 17. 17. And uh, James? Have we lost James? I think we Oh, might. he's back. He's back. He's moving. James, we're looking for you for the age uh, game. We're looking for Elijah Wood. How old do you think he was when the film was released? Uh, 25. 25. And you said what, 17? Yeah. Uh, we got to split this one. You're both way off, but in other directions. 21. Wow. Halfway between you guys. Wow. So there we go. Uh, that young. Wow. Yeah, he was that young. Yeah. Um, I might do one more on top of that. Yeah, because now we've got a tie, so I can't count that one. So here we go. Uh, let's go with Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. Ooh. 62. 62. All right. And. Uh, is it 58? The correct answer is 63. So that's a point for Liam. Yeah. All right. Next, we got Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Ooh. I'll leave it there. 42. 42. James? 39. Liam's got something going on today. 44. Woo. Oh, my. Here comes the big comeback. Here it comes. I'm going to let James go first on this one. Okay, okay. We've got uh, Sean Astin, Mr. Sam, Samwise Gamgee. Ooh. Uh, 24. 24, Liam? Uh, 27. Yeah, you were still off by a few, but he gave you enough room to go that way. 31. Uh, okay, I knew he's oh, older. Man. We'll see if he can go five for five. There's only a question now. Is can he can he scrape <laughs> back a pick? Ooh. We'll let him go next. Dominic Monahan, Charlie himself from uh, Lost. Uh, Mary in the tree. Mary in the tree. If, he, if, if you cut his arm open, you can count the rings and see how old he was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Twenty. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. No, you you, you go first. Uh, uh, 23. 23. I'm going to go older. 27. <laughs> 26. <laughs> <laughs> and then one to see if we'll put a, we'll put oh, a bow we'll on this one. Miranda Otto. Oh, is she the blonde haired girl? She's blondie. Blondie. Yeah. She was, a fr- she was mad that he didn't call her. I think she's older than she looks. I'm going to say 28. 28? Uh, 31. I probably got it wrong. Yeah, I'm probably probably right. You win this one. You got one. There we yes. go. I knew she was 35. She looked at, yeah, because there was something about her. I went, she's got to be a little older than what she's playing. Just for fun. Go on. Carl Urban. <sighs> he looked very young there. Yep. 
25. James, out of curiosity, Carl Urban? Go opposite 31. 30. Wow. So no matter oh. how he's doing now, 20, 20 years on, he's, he's 50 something playing. But if you think about it, he's had a big, I mean, he was in Star Trek, wasn't he? Yeah. Playing a fairly vanilla role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, no, he's done all right himself here. So there we are. Uh, let's take a look at the critics. I got a lot of me doing stuff on my phone coming up here. The critics, the critics, the critics. Uh, two towers, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's take a look. Um, I've got in my notes here that it was, uh, I think it's 90. Oh, I've, I've put, it can't be 952%. I've done something wrong there. Uh, I believe <laughs> it's 95%. It is 95%. Wow. That 8. High. 8.8 on IMDb. Okay. Now remember, it just means that that many people liked it, not that it's a score out of a hundred necessarily. It's but not. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like how we said before about we look at a trilogy of films and we go, yep, we we think that highly of them. Yep. Though I don't think they're looking at this as an individual movie. I think they're probably just going to as a no, no, because they were releasing it as it was coming out. Mm, okay. Because the newspapers have to, they're not waiting for the third one before they put the the no the I review mean, out. I mean the um, Rotten Tomatoes. Rot- this is Rotten Rotten Tomatoes is based off of published newspaper. Oh, so it's not like um, people just go. Some, some no, no. You have to be a you have to be a professional film critic in order to have a uh, to in order to contribute to that score. IMDb is the one that anybody and their dog can vote on. Oh, uh, I, I got the other way around. Yeah. So uh, let's take a look at. I'm looking for a top critic here. Let's go. We've also a top critic I've actually heard of. Shall we? They're just giving away this top critic thing way too easily. The good, All right. the bad neebs. I'll go to Keith <laughs> Keith Phipps from AV Club. To live up to expectations, the two towers only had to be as good as its predecessor. And astoundingly, it's better. Uh, I'm looking for a negative one. I can't find one. Mm. Only 12 of the 256 licensed critics called it negative. Oh, Sarah Sands from the Daily Telegraph here in the UK hey. said... The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, is like being trapped in a nerd's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then uh, if I go Two Towers, Roger Ebert, hopefully I'll find something for this. Uh, Two Towers, Roger Ebert. I've got, uh, yes, I do have a review here. Um, Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Let's see what he calls his final verdict here. He says, uh, to do, uh, let me see. if Tolkien wanted to write a race about a race of supermen, he would have written a Middle Earth version of Conan the Barbarian. But no, he told a tale in which modest little hobbits were the heroes. And now Jackson has steered the story into the action mainstream. To do what he has done in this film must have been awesomely difficult. And he deserves applause. But to remain true to Tolkien would have been more difficult and braver. Ooh. Bit mixed. He does give it three stars out of four. So clearly he's read the books then. Yes. Oh, I think someone of that age, pretty much it was required reading. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of those things that you did. So we do have that there. So now let's take a look at our, uh, before we go to our friends of the podcast, let's take a look at the fleece that I put out, as I'm known to do, as I'm spinning all the plates today. Is it a great film? A good film? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) An okay film or a poor film? Liam, I'm sure we can guess which of the four came out on top. Uh, great film. Yeah, but what number do you think went to Ooh, there? I reckon 42. 74%. Per- sorry, 74%. Hell. Yeah, said, said it was a great film. Wow. Um, 14% good film. 7% okay film. One guy. Sorry, two people. <laughs> two people said it was a poor film. Uh, 
brilliant. Uh, let's take a look now at the uh, reviews from our friends of the podcast over on the Patreon. First off, we've got Hermes, who goes, Hey, Hermes. Classic. I saw all of the Lord of the Rings in the theaters with my dad. Remember this one? Well, Gollum Schmeagle took center stage. I remember being blown away at the special effects at the time. I'll agree with the at the time part. Mm-hmm. Uh, even today, what uh, feat all of this? Pr- what feat all of this proved to be? Many people will bash the second Lord of the Rings, or at minimum say it's their least favorite. But I think it fits in perfectly. The comedic beats killer bridge between one and three, and one of the most infamous onset injury fun facts: broken toes. <laughs> Knowing you all be discussing this makes me want to torture my wife with another Saturday marathon. Can't wait to hear everyone's take on this one. Next up, we have Nate the Great, hey. who said, I tried rewatching this recently, and it was a snooze fest, 40 minutes longer than it should be, mm-hmm. relatively boring, and just as many illogical decisions as the first one. Gollum's an iconic character, but very unnecessary, and just there to make Sam and Frodo argue. Ooh, interesting take. Yeah. Interesting take. You go from Groot to these talking trees that just felt like a waste of screen time. Womp, womp. That's an interesting take. Guardians of the Galaxy or Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Very interesting. Guardians. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I'm doing this. Really? Yeah. Oh. And then I see what he's given. Okay, finally, I think our last one comes to us through Richard. Hey, Richard. Don't make him like this anymore, friends. Q George is saying, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> Roller George will be played by Liam this week. Thank God uh, for that. Big, <laughs> epic, earnest blockbusters that look beautiful and blend the use of CGI with smart practical techniques and robust filmmaking. There's a clarity and tactility to these movies, something that's sorely missing from its closest modern equivalents where everything just kind of looks like gray sludge. I think he's doing this because I said he's never been positive about a film last week. <laughs> <laughs> Vividly remember seeing these at the cinema when they all came out. My mother tried to cover my eyes with the gruesome bits. Nine-year-old me, I'm so much older than Richard. <laughs> Nine-year-old me got really pissed off. Not seen him for about 10 years, mind. Might watch him tomorrow and think, what is this cornball shit? <laughs> but until then, blank number of potatoes out of 10. Cornball oh, shit. I love it. So there we are. Thank you very much for joining in, (laughs) folks. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just chip in a few comments we've got here from the fledgling fandom. Ray from Being Bookish, it's been a while, said, I have to be honest, think this was the best of the trilogy. It was for me, the action-packed one. A lot happened. Didn't feel as long as the first one, despite it being a minute longer. I felt that minute. (laughs) I felt that minute. (laughs) Carlo says it's the weakest of the trilogy but still a great film I don't think the intentions they had with the Eowyn Aragon relationship worked that well yeah I agree with that and the bits with the Ents are very tedious but that's the trees isn't it they're called Ents but the climactic fight is spectacular Uh, friend of the podcast poet laureate Dwayne Smith Dwayne Smith I have not seen this since 2003 I remember enjoying it but cannot remember enough to put in a score the episode will remind me precious Lena Oberholzer says my favorite film, but not my favorite book of the trilogy. Wow. Still obsessed with Faramir and Yomer after all these years, and the ends are great no matter what people say. Those people would be Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, this is it. next favorite movie says, haven't seen this one. That's a rarity. Yeah. Most people have seen these, I think. Yeah. After watching Fellowship, I realized this series is not for me. I didn't find myself engaged at all. Maybe one day I'll watch the whole trilogy, but today is not that day. Well, yeah. Shy Burger Freund showing that the circles do overlap between Boondock Saints. 
and Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Says, "Yay, great film! I rewatched the entire movie and the Helm's Deep Battle many times. Even though I read the book before watching the movie, the part where Gandalf shows up is just awesome. Not to mention the Ents wrecking havoc on Isengard. By the way, I'm a fantasy geek. Yeah, I picked up on that." Thank you very much for your comments. Uh, Mr. Mikey Wood, sometimes called us or gives a damn, but we call him Fred, says this film. And this whole series, honestly, is just magnificent. The Two Towers is an amazing thing. It takes a book that is possibly in the top five most tedious reading experiences of my life and made it exciting. Uh, Nate the Great says, hopefully Georgia destroys it. (laughs) That's no Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Because, you know, Liam and I hate our comic book movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing about them fun. <laughs> and finally, Nostalgia Cast it. says, my least favorite theatrical cut, but by far my favorite extended edition. Day, James, where do you sit on that? Is it, is, would you agree with that? Is, is this one where it's really beneficial to watch the extended edition, do you think? Uh, definitely. The first one's good. good. The second one is a great extended cut. I- I'm not a fan of the. It's also four and a half hours long. The third one, The Return of the King, is like four, almost five hours. Whoa! The movie. Wow! I'll tell four you what. Half, it yeah. felt like the theatrical cut was like four hours. Yeah. I got a heck of a story. I'm gonna wait till next year to tell it. But I got a story about when I went and saw that movie. <laughs> oh, jeez. Cool. Um, so there we have there. I've done the fleece. I've done the Patreon. I've done the fledging. If you like this film or episode, you will like Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. It is what it is. It's there. Uh, all the good background contact stuff, full detail. Um, you'll also like, we don't have anything else that's really fantasy-based. Uh, we did Princess Bride. That's fantasy, is it? <laughs> it is, but it's, it's about as, like, that's like, if this is overdone and overcooked, <laughs> that's like oh, this lovely, like, fast food meal. Yeah. Like, but it knows it's fast food. It doesn't have to be anything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. It's good. It's good. It's like uh, hey, I opened my eyes to it. I'd never seen it before until then. It's a good Wendy's. That's what it is. It's a good <laughs> Wendy's. Good Wendy's. I had some Wendy's again. I've decided if I work Saturdays, I'm rewarding myself at work with Wendy's. Oh, okay. So I had a baconator last week. Oh. I had the baconator of a chili and some nuggets. Nice. It was all right. It was all right. The following week, yesterday. Yep. I had. I learned from, I didn't do the nugs. I did the chili still. The chili's really good. Chili is nice, isn't it? I did the uh, baked potato, but with cheese. Oh. And apparently when George did it, she got cheese and bacon, she said. So yep. I was like, okay, I've made a mistake there. Yep. And then finally there was, um, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, I did uh, the Dave's Double. Oh, that was, the, that was nice. I day. think it was the, yeah, that those cold ingredients are really important, I think, yeah. for it. So I really enjoyed that. And then I had a, one of those frosty things each time. And You like them frosties, don't you? They're okay. Actually, I think I'm just getting them because it's Wendy's. Oh, and that's okay. what Wendy's has. Oh, okay. So it makes it different from other places. But I think next time I'll just get a soft drink. Do you know what? Years ago, I used to really love the uh, McDonald's um, shakes. Because they were thick. Yeah. They were ice creamy and stuff like that. have changed. Have it changed? They're not the same anymore. I don't know. I know the, the hard way it's always like, nope, it's, 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 it's turned off now. And I'm like, oh, is it broken? Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. It's past nine and you're lazy. It's just like it don't, it's, it's always it's, off. It's not that same texture anymore. It's just ugh. don't know, don't know. Maybe they make them early and then just leave them on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's one of this with the cold fries. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was sitting there going, 
what do I do for dinner? Maybe I'll go to McDonald's. It's 24 hours now, but no, I think I'm going to pass on that. Uh, so it's just time for our ratings, our ratings. Let's start with James. Let's start with James DeGuzman. Yeah, please do. What are you giving Lord of the Rings Le Towers de? That's French for the two towers. <laughs> I never uh, guess. Eight um, infinite arrows out of ten. Eight infinite. Very. Unlike the movie, very succinct. He just took my ending. Eight infinite hours. Uh, arrows. <laughs> it also felt like it's. <laughs> so You've eight just took infinite my arrows. arrows out of my ten. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Damn. Uh, we must be thinking on the same wavelength. So eight. Very good. Uh, Liam. Uh, I struggled with this movie. Um, I remember when I watched it in the cinema, I struggled with it then too, because I was expecting more, I think. And again, this time around, I think I was expecting more, maybe seeing a different light. Saying that, I do, I do enjoy parts of this movie. I enjoy some of the characters, if not most of them. Um, I don't feel it ties together very well. And there's some bits I think could be trimmed and cut out and just filler just to keep them in the movie and stuff like that. Um, so with that, I'll probably go seven and a half orcs uh, trying to eat uh, hobbits. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> took my arrows there you go <laughs> out of 10 out of 10 there we are. <laughs> <laughs> it threw me because i thought yeah i'm gonna go with that <laughs> all right um oh uh i'll never watch this again i don't think it's a good movie it's a good movie yeah it's a long movie it's a long and not only a long movie. movie to watch lord of the rings is a massive time commitment because you're going to go in, you're going to watch three movies, and they're all three, three hours, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah. so they don't give you the payoff at any point. Like, you know, you want a Helm's Deep. is not enough for me to go, yeah, but what happened to Frodo? It's not It's like the Marvel and the MCU where those are really – you can go in and just have one of them. Yeah. And you don't have to watch the whole thing. No. Unless you're watching, like, Infinity War where, yeah, you probably have to come back and watch Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, if you watch one, you're pretty much good. So it's not that. That being said, it's an excellent made. It's an excellently made film. Um, the dialogue, the screenplay is written is fantastic. Uh, any issues I have with the story is really more of a J.R.R. Tolkien issue and not a Peter Jackson issue. Yeah, uh, it's beautifully shot. Oh yeah, um, with a commitment to detail in the costumes, in the hair and makeup, in the set design. That in a world of CGI, therefore, becomes unparalleled. Because we would just make it with a computer now rather than make it. Mm-hmm. And that's remarkable. Uh, the story about sitting up, even though it's in, on a green screen or blue screen, the story's about having to sit up and get your lunch passed up to you because it's not worth the hassle getting you down. Like, this is practical stuff. It just doesn't happen today. No. So that's great. Uh, it is long. Mm-hmm. There are bits where I was like, okay, where are we at now? And I saw it was an hour and I still had an hour and 57 minutes to go. And I was like, that's not a short amount of time. Okay. And I don't know if it's, I didn't sleep great last night. I don't know what it is. It just felt like I carried a little bit more. I'm trying to make sure I don't let that, that, that affect me, but it is long. And, and I don't know if this was the start 
of a journey where movies started to get longer uh, because yeah. the era of a two-hour movie is pretty much over now. It's like the hour and a half. Like a long, a long movie used to be two hours and ten. Yeah. Tell us about movies, Grandpa. I will. Two hours and ten. <laughs> and you'd have still have movies around 90 to 100 minutes. We did a real roundtable. Best films under 100 minutes. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then this is the start of ones like The Dark Knight. And The Dark Knight, I love it. It's long, and it keeps me. It keeps me the whole time. It does me. But I showed it to a friend who went, that was too long. And he was younger than me. And I'm like, okay, like the movies are getting long. And even though The Third Guardians was two hours and 35 yeah, or was, something like that. That was pretty long. It, it was too long. So uh, now this is better than that. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give my score. I'm going to play off of something that was said earlier. So I'm going to give this eight infinite hours, which is what this movie <laughs> felt like it was at times, out of ten. It was still, no, it's, it's, it's an excellently made film. I think if there's a barrier to a degree of, like, I do not want to go back and watch this again ever, that's got to count for something, it, though. It does. It does. But do you think the reason that is, unless you're heavily into fantasy and Tolkien yourself... You know, if you read the books and you're heavily into it and you're willing to willing to see the um, extended cuts and everything else. Yeah. We, we we ourselves aren't into that sort of thing, so we wouldn't we, we wouldn't necessarily go back to visit it. And like you said, yeah, was it Nate the Great? Like fantasy, something that I really isn't my cup of tea. And I'll say that kind of a little bit. And it's not mine either. Openly. But, but the thing but is, I did pay and see all three of these movies at, at the cinema, so yeah, I, I was yeah. up for it. Yeah. yeah, me too, me too. But it's it's just one of those things that, like you said, you can't just watch one of these movies. You've got to watch yeah. all three. I feel that way about this film. Like, I feel I'm a terrible English teacher in certain ways. Uh, not in the bit where I'm in the room talking about books and because I'm actually excellent at that. <laughs> the part where I feel terrible is that I don't I don't, I don't read. I don't read in my spare time. Yeah, I, I want to read more. I've made lo- new, new Year's resolutions. I want to read, but you know what it is? It's that time commitment. Sitting down and going, okay, twelve hours. Yeah, probably about twelve hours to read a book. I would guess. Maybe I'm maybe I'm high. Maybe it's more like six. I don't know. Yeah. But it still feels like a long commitment for a book, and you don't know if you're going to like it or not until you start reading it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going. All right. And I feel the same way about this. I feel the same way about Avatar. <laughs> I feel the same way about it stopped me from going for Schindler's List. There comes a time when the runtime becomes a deterrent to what you're hoping to get. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those times. And uh, I'm just seeing I'm down to my last one hour on the memory card in this thing. That's handy. It could have died halfway through. We never would have known. <laughs> uh, so there we go. We'll definitely get through this. I'm not going to talk for that long. So, yeah, it was it was it's it's a really good film. But if it's a really good film that I'll never watch again, I don't know if it can be great. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm sat. Nor am I going to someone you have to see Lord of the Rings. I don't think it's that kind of a movie either. No, I don't see myself going to someone saying, "Oh, you haven't seen it? You got to see it once in your life." I don't know if I feel that way. It's good. In all honesty, I think I probably got one more watch left in me. Of the whole thing, or of or of, of, the, of the whole thing? Yeah, I think I got one more watch. Oh, left really? In me. Okay. You know, I might reach the age. I of, might feel differently in a know, decade or something. And I'll, and we go back and look and go. Well, what was all the fuss? Yeah. You know, it's been twenty years since we last watched it. <laughs> well, let's go back and revisit. They definitely should not re, re, remake this anytime soon. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No. No, I was going to say uh, next year I might pitch like if they did redo it, what would we do for a thing? Hey, it's me again. Well, it was me before. But it's me again in the sense that I'm doing this in post for a second time. Um, 
I forgot in all the hullabaloo to put in the Patreon score. The Patreon score seven point three three. So that makes Liam the voice of the people. He is the voice of the people. Any, uh, we had two eights and a six. Uh, I wish I remembered whose was whose. Uh, maybe Nate the Great was a six, and the other two gentlemen, I believe, were. Eight. I know Richard was an eight. Uh, so I, I think I've got it right. Anyway, so it's a 7.33. I think I should have, when you boil it all together, it puts the overall score somewhere around seven and a half overall for the, for the film. So not a bad score, not a great score, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's a long walk in the middle of a trilogy. What more can one say? We're going to throw you back there. Huzzah. Here's the question we never came back to. Go on. Where's your swear word going? <laughs> you know, right at the beginning, where you go, you shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not fucking pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I have it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play off yours, I think, in a minute. James, what do you got? Uh, when uh, Aragorn is telling Legolas to shoot the guy with uh, the lighter for the bomb. Oh yeah! Uh, That's cool. take, shoot that fucking guy! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna change the lighter so slightly for mine. I think I'm gonna go for it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with again. It's 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 not you shall not pass, <laughs> but he's hanging off the edge. <laughs> Because I want to keep my fricative going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he drops. But honorable mention to fucking shoot that guy. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could have it where um, Aragon chucks Grimly. <laughs> and throws him. Yeah, he goes, okay. just fucking throw me, Aragon. <laughs> Just don't tell the F. Or, just, uh, just don't tell the F and L. Excellent. So all that's left to do now is for us to talk about what movie we're watching next week as Big Film Summer continues. And I've got my new notepad. You do have a new notepad. Woo! Big Film Summer. We're a we're a podcast that says we like to do. I think what it says in the tin. Ooh. You can't do big film summer without looking at that first adjective. Cool. What would happen if you grew up overnight? Big. big. Let's go check oh, out the fortune teller. We're doing oh, big cool. next week. Cool. Tom Hanks. What would it be like if you grew up from 13 to 30 overnight? I love this film. That is the premise. I know you do. I haven't seen it since I was a child. Spoiler alert. I wasn't big on it when I was young. Big on it. We'll see how I feel about it now. See, I love it. So is this going to be another movie that we tear apart and um, I feel less well, well, every film I tear <laughs> apart. I don't think so. I think I'm going to find something else because Tom Hanks, even in bad movies, I look back now and go, Tom Hanks is amazing. He Jeez. just is. So I think I'm going to find something I really like. And it's got some iconic moments. It's got the, the FAO Schwartz, Heart and Soul on the Piano. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just certain moments. I think, yeah, maybe I was a little caught up in the wonder and thought it was a little, a little icky. The uh, the the, the old uh, Zoltan, no, the Zoltan, the Zoltan and that. Oh, no, no, okay. I was too young to pick up on on the lady like trying to seduce him or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. So we'll see how that goes. So next week we're gonna be tackling. We're gonna be tackling big. I can't wait. It's Penny Marshall's big. Also, I think it was. Uh, 
Yeah, it's the same composer. Didn't I say that at the start? Oh, did you? It was the first. It was the first Howard. Yes, you did. Howard Shore, or whatever. It was yeah, the first yeah. one I mentioned. Yeah, so there yeah, we go. Yeah. Howard Shore coming back for that. But speaking of famous Canadians who come through in the pinch, James, you want to say thank you so much Cheers, for joining us no today. Helping us out. We were already going to have James on, but having him, especially when we were down a couple of people, was invaluable. So thank you very much. If you just want to throw your name in the walk down, that and I'm James, you, you, you get you get the you money get spot again. again. So there we are. Yeah. <laughs> Lag and all. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, please join us next week when we tackle Penny Marshall's big. Cool. There we are. Four best film ever. Uh, I've been Liam. And I'm James. Hey, and if we want to leave you with one thing, it's this. Help our buddy Felix out a little bit, would you? If you're looking for where to spend your tourism dollar this season, why not try out the majestic hills of New Zealand? I'm sure he'd agree with us that it's precious. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. <laughs>